now, introducing the man with the plan to make the most of your solstice. It's the shortest day of the year, but have no fear, he'll be your Clark after dark, a friend with a clunker in his back end. He is Glenn Clark. See, I, I see. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I said very clearly I wanted that clip stricken from the record. I had to write it in my notes yesterday. You don't know. I mean, we don't do as much radio stuff as in, in the past and the way that we, and maybe at some point in the future we'll bring it back. We would literally just go bring that clip. We, we don't even have a soundboard any longer. I, for a little while, had one. When we started this version of the show, I kept an online soundboard. And so, like, when Kyle accidentally said one day that he, I don't know if it was accidentally or not, now that I think about it, he uh, said that growing up, he was a big Hanson fan. Mm-hmm. I would replay that clip regularly. I would say, well, Kyle, didn't you have a thought about that? And then I would hit the button, and it would be, I was a big Hanson fan, or I'm a big Han-, whatever he said. I don't even remember how he said it. But I miss those days of doing this type of show. Unfortunately, and look, I, I, there's a lot of things I'd like to be doing. And some of it tomorrow, by the way, we're going to be trying a new look to the show that hopefully will stick and will make us a little bit more 21st century. I'm excited about that. Always like moving forward. That's a good thing. So we're going to try that tomorrow. Hopefully um, we can get some of the sound issues that we've dealt with fixed. But hey, man, you know, we're, we're plugging away. We're battling every day. Um, but in, uh, in a past life, that, uh, that clip would have been isolated and replayed for the rest of my life to talk about the clunker in my back end. But it's what it is. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Paul. We're here for the next couple of hours. A lot to do. Stacey Dales, NFL Network. She covered uh, Ravens-Packers on Sunday. We'll check in with her, get her thoughts on what she saw, John Harbaugh's decision-making, the whole deal. His, his explanation yesterday on why he didn't go for two after the previous touchdown was, like, it wasn't nothing. I still don't think it justifies the, the decision. His explanation was, we weren't as convinced that the Packers weren't going to score more points. Okay, like I I hear you, but again, if you were ever going to go for two, if at any point you were going to go for two, even if you say to yourself, well, we think they might still score score some more points, if they're going on a long field goal drive at that point in the game, then the game's over. It's irrelevant. If they go for a touchdown drive, you're still going to be in the same situation where ultimately if somehow you score three touchdowns, you're probably going to want to get a two-point conversion on one of them. His explanation, while sound, right? Like, hey, we weren't certain with 12 minutes left that the Packers were done scoring points. Hey, man, we were all watching the same game. I hear you. I don't think any of us were. It wasn't 12 minutes. Whatever the time. I don't even remember now how the time was when they scored. Um, I, I hear you. We were all watching the same game. Totally get it. I'm not certain the Packers were done scoring points at that point either. But it's still the same scenario. It's You're really hard-pressed to find a way in which that decision would make sense. You're saying, well, it's a 17-point game. Well, okay. What, what's the math that you're doing in which you're scoring 17 points, winning the game, and you don't need a two-point conversion? Do you think you're scoring three touchdowns? Do you think you're scoring three touchdowns in that period of time? And again, I'm not really beating up John Harbaugh because, holy crap, he had a a group of of eight football players and the rest XFL guys in a game with a chance to win on Sunday. 
So I'm not really beating up John Harbaugh on the whole. I'm just saying this explanation fall, fell a bit flat to me. While I don't think he's – if that really was what they were thinking about is, hey, we don't know that the Packers are done scoring points yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We don't know that. But at the same time, I still don't think it was in it, – two things. One, I think your path to winning the game had to involve hoping that the Packers were done scoring points. I don't think there was a path to victory that involved the Packers scoring any more points at that point. And – you're still going to be hard-pressed to present to me a scenario by which you weren't going to ultimately want a two-point conversion as part of your algebra for trying to win a game in regulation. So that didn't work for me so much, but we'll talk to Stacey Dales about all that uh, from the NFL Network here in a few minutes. Also coming up later on this morning, it's Tuesday, so we're going to chat with Patrick Stevens, our college sports guru. Unfortunately, there's not really a lot of college basketball to talk about. Y'all have been criticizing. Y'all thought Mark Turgeon was dumb, but he hasn't had a single one of the games he scheduled canceled yet. Pretty remarkable, if you ask me. Pretty remarkable that's the case. just so happened that's when they scheduled this long two-week break is at the time where everybody's canceling their games. Unfortunately, more and more games being canceled. Morgan was one of the few local teams that was going to be playing this week, and now both of their games this week are off the books, including uh, tonight they were supposed to host James Madison, which was a pretty good home game for Morgan State, but unfortunately won't be happening. They were going to get a national TV game on Thursday against Wisconsin. That one's not happening either. Loyola's on a pause. It's just a bummer. Uh, Towson continues to play well. We'll talk to Patrick Stevens about that and just sort of the big picture situation. Like There is a real potential scandal in the Big East, that because we don't care about the Big East, we wouldn't be talking about. Um, they are like listing games as forfeits right now because they're already in conference play this week, which is also a weird bit. Um, and if a team has a COVID pause or can't play, they're just listing the game as a forfeit because it's like the NFL. Those are the rules they came up with before the season to try to enforce vaccinations. Well, obviously, I think everybody with a brain can see this goes a little bit farther beyond did your team get vaccinated or not. This is a bit more of a problem. It's called an outbreak. The variant that we don't have control over at the moment. I hope that we do at some point, but kind of insane. Doesn't really help the team that gets the forfeit. Win. I don't. This is part of the problem. If in, in trying to get to the NCAA tournament, you say, yeah, well, we got to win by a forfeit. The NCAA tournament committee is not going to give you credit for that. So I don't think that the teams that are getting the forfeits are going to want them either. we got to figure out what, what's going on there and what other conferences are going to do because it's looking like, unfortunately, this thing could linger for a few weeks, and I, I hate saying that. Although I did – did I see somewhere yesterday that they think the Moderna shot is, is helping with this, the Omicron variant? I feel like I read that story somewhere. I did not read that, but I hope so, because that's what I got. I did not get that one. I'm a, I'm a <clears throat> Pfizer man myself. I got me a Pfizer. Moderna booster shot increases antibody levels against Omicron. Well, that sounds like a good thing. I don't know how that helps the rest of us, though, that didn't get the old Moderna. <laughs> Moderna. Would, uh, would appreciate seeing something like that for the old Pfizer. Would like to see that for uh, your boy. That would be good news, but... That's what it is. Anyway, we'll talk to Patrick Stevens about college hoops. Uh, also later on this morning, Jordan Mosley, All Big Ten safety for the Maryland football team, will join us. Preview next week's Pinstripe Bowl against Virginia Tech up in New York. And we will also chat with uh, Mike Gibbons from the Babe Ruth Museum. They are beginning an exhibit 
Um, I believe it's called The Making of a Legend, and it's going to involve a baseball card that was originally valued at $6 million. Apparently, the value has actually gone up because there have been shares sold to the public, and the value is actually more like $10 million. A $10 million baseball card is going to be hosted at the Babe Ruth Museum, which, as I said before when we discussed this story, I would say pass. You know this about me. I don't want any nice things. I don't ever want to go home and find out there was a fire at my... There'd be the things that I cherish that I'd be disappointed that, that I don't have, but I don't ever want to find out that like somebody broke into my house. Y'all are going to be so sad when you break into my house. You're going to be like, why do they not own nice things? Because I refuse to own nice things. I just never will because I don't want to get attached to it. I don't ever want to have that heartbreak. I had a like a $300 smoker stolen from me a few years ago. And it's the nicest thing I've ever had stolen from. Like It's the nicest thing that I've ever lost in any sort of mm. way. Theft, damage, whatever it was. It's the nicest thing outside of a car, right? Like I've been in a car accident before. Um, but it's the nice, nicest personal item that was stolen from me. It, just, it was bold. I can't believe someone stole a smoker. Like they just stole it. I'll never understand that. Like, someone just stole my smoker. It was it's quite a bold move to make. Um, <laughs> I imagine just carrying it and waddling down your driveway. Yeah, right? Like, you had to really... <laughs> I, honest to God, it, it had to be somebody that had been to my house. There's no mm. way. This is just somebody just pulling up and looking around. Like Show up to your dad's house. He's like, Glenn, check out my new <laughs> smoker. <laughs> like, I'm still mad about that. My... My uh, my dear friend Tracy, who was uh, one of my best friends in Arizona, got like sh- shipped that to us as a wedding present. Mm. It was the nicest wedding present anyone got us. I was, well, that's not true. My 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 wife's uncles all got together and got us a really nice grill. Um, but I'm like, and they didn't steal the grill. The grill's nicer than the I, smoker. I hope that's bolted to the deck. It's we don't have a deck. There's no deck. It's bolted just out on our back patio. It's not bolted to anything. It's just there. It's really nice. Don't come steal it, please. <laughs> please don't steal it. Guys, Glenn still has the uh, uh, the box flat screen TV with the VHS yeah, right. no, DVD no, I don't hybrid. Own, I like. I still own the same flat screen TV that I bought in two thousand nine. Like that's still the TV that I'm using. My wife, my wife and I both happened to buy TVs around the same time in our lives. It was like the, one of the first adult purchases that we made. Mm-hmm. They're literally still the same TVs that we use to this day because where we live in the middle of nowhere, we don't get internet, so we don't need a smart TV. Mm-hmm. When Elon Musk's internet thing finally works and we can get internet out on the farm, then we'll get a smart TV at that point. But even then, it won't be a nice one. It will be the lowest end smart TV that I can possibly get. Zenith. I, Correct. If they still make TVs, I'm getting that one. <laughs> the old Westinghouse smart TV. I'm going that route. Whatever I can get that's on the low end will be the play. But Mike Gibbons is hosting a $10 million baseball card at his house. He'll tell us about that later on in the program. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Window Nation. It's December. It's cold. Energy bills are rising, but the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For December, only 50% off all-style windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Um, two things. One, you're not going to be here. You don't care. I think I've come up with a plan. Unfortunately, Wendy can't join us for a drinking show on Monday. She's apparently filling in for Amelia radio icon here in Baltimore, and that's more important. It's not actually, She was actually quite disappointed she wouldn't be able to join us. But uh, she's doing the uh, midday shift on 98 Rock on Monday, so she can't come hang out with us. Also, Rita's unavailable to come hang out with us. So I'm looking for somebody to come hang out with us and uh, be a, have a more festive Monday. 
But I think I've got a plan for what Jeremy and I will do. If you guys would be willing to raise money for us to spend on helping up mission, I'm looking to raise about $500. I think that's a number that I'd say. If we can do that, I'll be happy. I'm thinking we do a drunken table read of a holiday movie. Like an entire script read. That would be so fun. I think, Of course I wouldn't be here. I think that's what we're going to do. And I've got a couple ideas. You know what? Try, oh, we don't have time to do it. No, do we? Before the end of the show, we're going to call Jeremy. We're going to see what he thinks about this. All right? Okay. Because I think as I was batting around. Hey, look. Uh, you're the batter. <laughs> I was just batting around ideas last night. Paul Leon- Valley is the batter. Le- Le- Leonardo DiCaprio meme right there. That's you. <laughs> Whoa. Um, so I was batting around ideas last night. I don't know why, but I was thinking about particular scenes from the holiday classic Jingle All the Way. <laughs> and I thought about Jeremy and I, because Jeremy can actually do voices. I can't. Like, like, I'm trying to see if I could do an Arnold. It's Turbo Man. Like, it's not <laughs> awful, but it's the perfect kind of awful for a drunken table read, I think. <laughs> I don't think I've got a Phil Hartman in me, but let me let me. Mm. Oh, no, I can't do a Phil Hartman. That sounded more like they always default back to my Jerry Coleman, don't they? Everything always defaults back to my Jerry Coleman I'm impression. Jerry Coleman. Uh, everybody on the planet has a Jerry. It's my same when I would when I would read my kids' Sesame Street books. It was my um, your Bert. Uh, my Bert. My Bert was Jerry Coleman. It was the exact same thing. I, I, I don't. But I bet Jeremy can do Phil. If I do my bad Arnold, I bet he could do Phil Hartman. Although I feel like he'd be better as Arnold. I gotta think this through. I would imagine he'd have to be Arnold if he can do if he. But can I do can't really do a Phil Hartman. Who can? I think he could. He does voices like he actually does, can do impressions. I bet Phil Hartman has a very distinct. He does. Like you hear his voice, you know it's Phil. Tone. Hartman. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, and I, I, if I worked on it, I don't know. Like you know, I mean, it's somewhere in there. Yeah. I just it's been so long since I've watched Jingle All the Way or or a Phil Hartman picture. That I don't have it right now. Maybe if I spent some time with it this week, I could get it by Monday. Do you know I've never seen that movie? Well, okay, one, it's a mistake, but not a mistake at all. It's a terrible film. Yeah, no, it's a terrible picture. Unquestionably. But it's a delightfully terrible picture. It is the perfect level of terrible for the holidays. It's just wonder. It's the, it's the whole... I, and I, I would like to have a third person to be Sinbad as well. I don't know. I'm still thinking through all of this because the opposite is that we do something cool, right? Like the mm-hmm. opposite would be that we do Die Hard, right? Like, and that's an option. I'm not saying it's a bad option necessarily, but I kind of love the idea of doing something campy and terribly wonderful. And so I'm leaning towards Jingle all the way. Which, by the way, I've already got my hands on the script. <laughs> I've already got the entire script. And and I feel like doing like literally doing the entire thing is a level of performance art you're not getting anywhere else. Name anybody else who's doing an entire drunken script read of Jingle All the Way. Name any other show that would ever do that. Ever. I, now, you your response might be, "Thank God they, they don't they do like that." They like staying on the air. Yeah, right? Like <laughs> that might be your response. But to that I say, "Posh. Did did you know and they don't do it anymore?" But there used to be a traveling play for Point Break. And what they would do is they would take somebody out of the audience. Yeah, Proctor, that's a good point. If you're doing Hartman, you should just do Troy McClure. But I still don't think I have that. I don't think I have it. Go ahead. Sorry. So they would do a, a, a traveling play of Point Break, the movie Point Break. And they would pull somebody from the crowd 
to play um, Johnny Utah. Okay, I like and that. And so you have to like you have like you basically do an improv tryout in front of the entire audience, and the person that wins gets to play Johnny Utah, and they hold up your cue cards so you know your lines throughout the entire play. This was something I really very badly wanted to do because just like Jingle All the Way, it is one of those movies that's so bad it's good. You love, you love Point, Point Break, Break is my all-time You're favorite movie. You're obsessed with Point Break. I, you I, are absolutely obsessed with it. I, I already had my monologue and everything ready for my tryout, but I never got to go, and now they don't do it anymore. And by the way, I know my Arnold isn't good, people. I'm very aware of that. That's sort of the point. Like, the point is it's not supposed to be good, Although, Jeremy, that is that is the problem. Jeremy's impressions are mostly good. Mostly. Not all of them, but most of them are quite good. It's it's not a tumor. I mean, I... <laughs> and you're right. Now that I, I hear it, Proctor, it does sound a little bit like Brad Garrett with a cold. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong about that. But that's okay for the point of what we're trying to do. And we're going to be drunk. That's the point of all of this, is that we get drunk and do a table read. So this is my question. I got to get Jeremy to approve it first. But if he does, would you all be willing to donate $500? Combine, not just one of you, but combine $500. And at a certain number, I'd let you come in and participate in this with us. Come in, get drunk on Monday, and do the table read with us of Jingle All the Way. Or do you think it would be better if we did something... Like, I think it's better to do campy. That's my gut. My gut says it's better to go campy. Oh, 100%. Than it is to go cool. I think it's better to do campy on Monday. So that's what I'm leaning towards. But we'll see what Jeremy thinks. As I was thinking through ideas for Monday's show, that's the one that I keep coming back to. If you try to do cool, your cool is going to turn to campy, and it's not going to Correct, because we're not cool in any way. <laughs> like, we're not remotely cool. So I, still cool. I do tend to agree with that. I think that you're right about that. So, um, so yeah, that's what I'm leaning towards for Monday's drunken uh, festivities is Jeremy will join us. And I'm, I'm still hoping that I'll have another special guest join us, but I'm sort of working on that at the moment. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. When we come back in, Stacey Dales, NFL Network. She was on the scene on Sunday in Baltimore. We'll get her thoughts on what she saw from the Ravens. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. 
Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com I love driving my tractor trailer, and just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure. I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Back in here on GCR, whether your focus is luxury and comfort or convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or even sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Had to do this a little bit earlier on because of her schedule and a busy holiday week, but a chance to catch up with Stacey Dales from NFL Network right here on GCR. Well, our next guest was in Baltimore on Sunday as the Ravens, oh, so close against the Green Bay Packers. She is NFL Network reporter Stacey Dales, and she's back with us now here on GCR. Stacy, happy holidays. It's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Well, it's always great to be with you, Glenn, and happy holidays to you. I, I feel for the people of Baltimore because they were so close. They were right. within 42 seconds of defeating the top seed right now in the NFC and a hot Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's, it's almost hard to believe that he is putting together um, another MVP, back-to-back MVP campaigns, but he is. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I feel for the folks in Baltimore. We're in a really weird place, Stacey. We're going to try to have you help us work through this, right? Because yeah. um, I think a lot of places, there, most cities would say, ah, look at everything this franchise has been through this season. It's just all kind of starting to come apart right now. And, boy, you know, all these injuries and then a COVID situation on top of it, it's just too much. But – the Ravens' three straight losses are by four total points, mm-hmm. um, and they were all against good teams, and they could still very well get Lamar Jackson back as, as well as Tyler Huntley played on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in this weird place where I don't know if the Ravens, this is sort of like the beginning of the end, or they're in this deck. I, I don't know what to make of exactly where they find themselves. Still remarkably eight and six despite everything they have been through this year. Well, I think it's, it, it just shows you just how good this coaching staff is. And I know that John Harbaugh has taken a lot of criticism, Glenn, uh, for some of the really risky and aggressive decisions that he has made. 
But I applaud him for it because when you are decimated by injuries and the COVID reserve list, you understand that just in the case of this game against the Packers, if, if Tyler Huntley, who has never played an NFL overtime game, Rodgers has been in the league for 17 years, and yeah, the coin toss is, is obviously has an effect. If the game goes into overtime, as good as Tyler was, yep. I mean, two, two passing touchdowns, two rush touchdowns, and Lamar Jackson hasn't even done that in his career. You're, you're, you're leaving, you know, the fate almost in the hands of Aaron Rodgers outside of the coin toss and a really darn good Packers defense that was tested by, by Huntley the entire day. So I, I applaud him for the decision. I, I think if I'm in his shoes, I go for two also. But that is, you know, you know that's a decision that's going to go your, your way or it's not. And, it, and it's going to affect a lot of people, maybe rub people the wrong way. But I think for, for Parbs to hold it together with this team – when you talk about players like Sammy Watkins, I mean, you know, going to the COVID reserve defensively, all of the losses there in the secondary, um, you know, in, in terms of game day on Sunday, it's a big deal. And yep. so um, to me, it's, you know, Jimmy Smith goes, goes down to COVID on Sunday. Like it just, it was really impressive to see the way they came out and the way that they put this thing together, um, especially given this entire division, Glenn, has had a grueling schedule, and that's what happens when you send, you know, multiple teams to the playoffs a season ago. But it doesn't change the fact that it's a dogfight within the division. Um, obviously, the Browns game being moved as it was, and certainly, you know, how things are stacking up at this stage. Everybody's kind of neck and neck. Um, so I think there's still a lot of football to go for the Ravens. Obviously, the Bengals game next is going to be huge. They're coming off a win. Um, and then you got to finish with the Rams and the Steelers. Those are not easy football games, but uh, you know, get get your quarterback um, to return. And even if he doesn't, gosh, Tyler Huntley's been fantastic. Uh, so there's so much there. I don't want to unpack a little bit, Stacy, because I think the way that you're saying it answered what was going to be my next question, which is, uh, do, do you buy in that they're still a threat? That every everything, despite everything you just talked about, that they're still a threat to do something of significance before the season is over. Yes, I do believe they are because this division is completely um, – the parity across this division is unlike any right now besides really the NFC West, I would say, in football. I mean, you got three teams that are, you know, dancing around the same record, and the Steelers are not far behind. I mean, it's crazy, and they all have difficult schedules to close out the year. So whoever finishes the right way um, could very well be, the, you know, the top seed from the AFC North and be that, you know, in that, you know, four, that pool of four that doesn't have to go through a wild card situation. But there's going to be a couple wild cards, I think, out of the division. Um, we'll obviously see what shakes out, but um, yeah, I still think the Ravens absolutely have a shot to get to the playoffs, and they've got to get healthy. They've got to get some guys back and, and uh, you know, hopefully get this COVID stuff out of the way. She is Stacey Dales from NFL Network. She was in Baltimore on Sunday for Ravens-Packers. She's with us now here on GCR. Stacey, you talk about Tyler Huntley. You know, you can't say enough good things you know, for a young man with such little experience, an undrafted free agent, to step in and do what he did to give this team a chance to win on Sunday. There, of course, ends up being, for, for Ravens fans, there's this, like, next step where they're like, well, maybe you could trade him for draft. Like, I don't mm-hmm. – I, I, it's difficult for me because I don't think we should get carried away about Tyler Huntley and the way that other people view him. I think there's a way to just say, boy, this is really remarkable. 
and probably still at this point, he's a backup quarterback in this league. We probably recognize that, but note that you know, if your backup quarterback can come in and do this type of thing, you're in a pretty good shape as to where you are at the position. Yeah, I would say kudos to the young man because you are getting yourself your next job in the National Football League, whether it's, you know, after this season or in a couple to come. Um, he has been so impressive. So, Glenn, I had the Ravens game in Chicago a few weeks okay. ago yeah. when Lamar was sick. And I was told, you know, the first thing, because I, you know, talked to some of the coaches and the staff, and, and I said, what, what can I say about Tyler Huntley, right? Undrafted out of Utah 2020, are you kidding me? And uh, the moment is not too big for him. That is the first thing that I was told. The next thing was, he can spin the football, okay? That, that, the, the third thing I was told was, he can run it, too. Not everybody can run it like Lamar, but he can run it, too. So those three things, the moment isn't too big for him. He can spin it, and he can run it. And then when I look at the big picture, Glenn, just his ability to, to really process Greg Roman's offense, mm-hmm. because it, really this, this, this Ravens offense is unlike any. When you talk to the opponents defensively, the way they scheme the run is different than really every other team in the league. Um, I, I remember having a conversation last week with Devontae Freeman, and I said, well, you know, what, what is this offense like? like give, describe it as a running back. He said, when I was in Atlanta, we, we, we had one form, really, of running the football. It was the outside zone. But here, our bread and butter is every different way we run the football. And whether it's design runs, outside, inside, and then the way they use, I mean, Mark Andrews, who I cannot believe this guy isn't, I mean, he, if he's not an all-pro this year, no, I don't know what all-pro is. No doubt. You know, so it, it's, it's been an impressive um, three occasions that we've seen Tyler Huntley and I commend him for processing the playbook and stepping into the shoes of the moment isn't too big because the Green Bay Packers are a big deal. Yeah, I mean, correct. A hundred percent correct. <laughs> Stacey, you alluded to uh, some of the criticism towards John Harbaugh, and I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't know why maybe they don't go for two when they scored the touchdown after they had been down by 14. Like, I think there's other things, but at the end of the game, you know, I, Somebody might say it almost didn't matter what they did there because if you give 42 seconds to Aaron Rodgers, he's probably going to go beat you anyway, right? Like that might be something that you would say no matter what the decision was. But I, there's no criticism that I have of it. Nor do I have criticisms yeah. for any of the aggressive calls that he made, the fourth and goal or you know, even the fourth and six. Like that would be the one that you'd say was maybe the most questionable because you're backed up so far. But yeah, I, I get it. You're playing against the Packers, right? Like you're playing against the team and you've got – a no offense, but sort of an XFL secondary out there against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers right now. But it's been a few weeks of this, and some of them haven't gone their way. Do you sense anything about like the league or John Harbaugh or th- that there would be trepidation moving forward, that there would be any reason to think that John Harbaugh, the results would change his strategy and how aggressive we've seen him being really now, not just for these three weeks, but for the last couple of seasons? No unequivocally no Glenn why because it depends on the opponent you're playing every game is different in the National Football League and um, it is only my opinion I mean you have many listeners that may differ with me and I applaud them for having their opinion I actually tweeted last night um, that I think you know in retrospect he made the right decision and I was questioned well even if even if he gets to you, you know, the Packers still have 42 seconds to go down and kick a field goal. Yes, they do. 
But if you tie the game, your chances of beating Aaron Rodgers are very low because of his gravitas. It would be like playing Tom Brady. It's like playing Patrick Mahomes. Listen, we all witnessed Brandon Staley, um, you know, go for it, uh, uh, you know, goal to go on fourth down how many times against the Chiefs, yep. right? Yep. And he was criticized the next day. It's like armchair quarterback. He shouldn't have done this. He should. Well, in the moment when you are playing Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, how can you not take a risk like that? I just, uh, again, this is my opinion, and um, I think he absolutely made the right decision when I look back on it. When I was standing on the field watching this happen real-time, Glenn, my jaw was on the field. It was on the grass hmm. because I was like, holy cow, that is a, the biggest decision of the day. And I agree, you can go back and chronicle, well, you should have done this, you should have done that. But when you have an opportunity to go ahead by two over Aaron Rodgers with basically 40 seconds left, I, I like that. I like those odds. And I think I went back and looked at analytics, which part of me likes and part of me doesn't. If they had scored that two points, the probability of them winning the game is just over 50%, I believe, per our, our research group okay. and our analytics team. So to me, when you have an over 50% chance of beating Aaron Rodgers, if you go for two and make sure. it, I'm all for it. Maybe the play call could have been different. I know he missed a guy across the middle. I don't know if it was yeah, Marquise. Yeah, it was but Brown, yep. yep. Yeah, so, yep. you know, Andrews was, was double, triple teamed all day, and they still couldn't stop him, so I get going to him on that play in that instance, but maybe the play call's different. Maybe they score. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think the other thing, too, and, and you know, obviously, you played at a very high level in, in your own basketball career. Like, I... I don't get the sense that any player second guesses this. T- I think the the idea, particularly the idea of being aggressive and 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 giving yourself that chance to go win. I, I've talked to a ton of guys. We do the show with Tyus Bowser. I'm I I don't get the sense that anyone is bothered by a coach trying to be aggressive to go win a football game. I, I just don't get the sense there's any impact that that has on a group of players just because the result didn't go their way that they suddenly. They sec. They second. We we're fans. We're idiots. You know, like that's the nature of the beast, right? <laughs> but but I don't get the sense that anybody in that locker room is sitting there saying to themselves, "Oh man, Harbaugh cost us the game today by doing that." I think they are largely on board with this stuff. Well, I think Mark Andrews came out and said that to your point, Glenn, right after the game. Like I was, I'm totally on board with this decision. You know, in basketball, because I played basketball for so long. Yep. We have kind of a rule of thumb that if you're on the road. And you, it goes down to the wire, fourth quarter, and you have a chance to win it. Take the three. You, yeah, you take the yeah. three, dude. Like you go, yeah. you go for the win, right? Yep. And so now you look at football. Like, well, what do you do? Football seems to be a little bit more conservative. You can kick the field goal because you got to be guaranteed points because to get six plus one is really hard to do in the NFL. It just is. And so if you're John Harbaugh and you're at home, well, you would think, mm, you know what? I probably should play it safe and kick the field goal. But guess what? It's Aaron Rodgers. Your, your starting MVP quarterback isn't in the game. Right, right. But it's Tyler was. He has never played overtime in the NFL. It's different, and uh, that's why I'm still in, in favor of the decision. Yeah, I am, and I just don't think it's changing. I think he's going to be the and – and I, you know, I'll tell you, I like it. I, I like – be that team. Be, and, and, but do it consistently, right? Like, that's, that's what I guess what I would say. Be that team at all times. Just say, this is who we are. And you live and die by it, and I think everybody can be on board with that and say, look, 
This is the nature of who they are. I'm with it. I'm with it. This is in your DNA to be this type of team. Let's go out and do it and see what happens. Stacy, uh, yeah, no question. If you're, but if you're Baltimore fans, you know you want to start seeing some of these things work in your favor. Of course, I guess, of course. Um, but this, I don't know. This this league is just such an offensive league now. I mean, you know, the defenses that are great. I mean, the, the, I'm really impressed by this Ravens defense. By the way, just their ability to stop the run. Uh, it, it's just been so impressive this season to overcome the injuries that it has, but. Um, this is a this is a passing league now, and it's an offensive league. And what do you see? You see decisions that are are you know Harbs is a defensive minded coach, and he was willing to make the decision to make an offensive minded choice. So it's kind of the way the league is going. And same with Brandon Staley. When you yep. talk about he's a defensive minded coach, but willing to make offensive aggressive minded choices. Where does uh, where does Christmas week take you, Stacy Dales? What's next on the schedule for you? So I will be back with the Packers in in uh, the Cleveland Browns in, in at Lambeau Field. Oh, you're working yeah. Christmas. Oh man. Yeah, and i i have one I have one prayer to the uh, the weather gods that we get snow in Green Bay. I mean, I mean, come on, that would be <laughs> basically the most picturesque, perfect. I mean, it would just be absolutely ridiculous of all yeah. the things that could happen. My word, what that would do. Uh, that's a uh, that's both, right? That's Fox and NFL Network, correct for that one. You are right on. Glenn. Excellent. Um, I'll be making snow angels, by the way, if that happens. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you one bit. There is nothing. Look, I'm I'm kind of old and curmudgeonly at this point, Stacey. I say that I'm I'm only 38, but I'm I've I've gotten being a father has sort of made me a little bit more of that. But still, the picturesque snow football. There's just something about it. I I oh, it's perfect. It's absolutely yeah. perfect. I love couldn't it. agree more. Especially there, and the temperatures will be cold, and and uh, we'll be bundled up, but. Um, Hopefully we'll have some good games over Christmas. And, you know, there's there's nothing like this time of year, Glenn. I know you appreciate it as well. Uh, the fact that we get to sit and talk about this stuff and do this is is a, a real blessing. Yeah, beats working for people. a living. Beats working for a living. And a lot of people would complain about the cold, but I guess since if you're from Canada, this probably is like a, a nice – a July day for you being in Green Bay on <laughs> Christmas. Stacy yeah. Dales at Stacy Dales on Twitter is how you follow her. Really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Uh, enjoy as much of the holiday as you can as you're working. And thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Happy holidays to everybody out there. And Stacy Dales, NFL Network. If you haven't picked up the best of issue of Press Box yet, it is available right now. Justin Tucker, our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, on the cover celebrating the top people, performances, and moments of 2021. It's available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Find it all at PressBoxOnline.com slash best of as well. Patrick Stevens joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressboxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. That first sip. That first bite. 
Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill right now features comfort classics like the short rib grilled cheese sandwich. I repeat, short rib grilled cheese sandwich. Plus the house-made meatloaf as well as the center-cut sirloin with the grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, Grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, the Brussels and bacon appetizer, and more. Glorydaysgrill.com to find out more or to get your order in right now. Let's talk a little college basketball, or as I said earlier on Twitter, frankly, the lack thereof. He is our guru, Mr. Discourse himself, D1S Course on Twitter. The Washington Post, that's where you find Patrick Stevens. You find him with us right now, as you do every Tuesday here on GCR. Good morning, Patrick. How are you, my friend? I am doing well, Glenn, and you? I'm all right. I guess we got to start with, like, who's actually still playing college basketball at this moment? Well, in fairness, it's only, only, as I say with a little sarcasm there, only about 10% of the program that have been been shelved at this point. But that's obviously not a good number, period. So, you know, locally, obviously, Loyola, Coppin State, and Morgan State all losing games here right around the holidays. Some notable games there, too. You know, Morgan State was going to go to Wisconsin uh, tomorrow or on, on Thursday. Uh, you know, Coppin uh, had a trip to George Mason on Thursday, and uh, Loyola had that that quickly rescheduled and then canceled game against Duke yeah. uh, that, that it lost. So, you know, those are three teams in the area that are that are on pause. And like I said, I think the overall number is, is a little north of 10%. I think it's around 40 teams at this point. So that's uh, that's not trending in the right direction in, in, in any way whatsoever. Worth pointing out that as of right now, both the big local games tomorrow are still on track to be played, correct? 
correct. The Towson uh, Navy. Navy game in UMBC Mount St. Mary's? Yes. Yes. As, as of what I looked at a little bit, maybe an hour and a half or so ago, uh, look like those two were still good to go. So, I mean, those are two opportunities to get out and see teams. And I guess that Towson is probably where we're going to focus. Um, you and I both saw them last Tuesday night. And then, you know, kind of particularly for me, watching what we saw from Greensboro just two nights later at UMBC, I, 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 we keep talking about how well Towson has played. I, I think this is truly kind of the the story for me in the early season when it comes to local college basketball. It's certainly one of them, and I, and I feel like Navy's right up there with. Okay, them. I mean, Navy, right. Navy's seven and three as well. Yeah. And it, you know, it won at Virginia. It, it beat Mount St. Mary's like a drum. It won at Furman, which is a really good team. So, and when you look at it, you know, when you look at the mid's losses, it's to Virginia Tech, Louisville, and George Mason. So, no shame in that. Uh, so, I think that's game tomorrow afternoon down in Alumni Hall in Annapolis is is really sort of a, an under the radar, really good game. Uh, and, and so you look at Towson now eight and four and really hasn't done anything bad in any way. You know, I was tweeting about it last week. I know I mentioned it to you. I feel like this has a chance to be the best team that Pat Scary's had. Yeah. Uh, and that's saying a lot. I'm not, I'm not saying they are the best because that Jarrell Benjamin senior year team that won 25 games was really, really good, but they just seem to have answers for everything. They've got depth. You know, I, I think that they can ultimately go nine deep by the time the season is out. They've had guys in and out of the lineup early on. They've got transfers like, like Kerry Nolan and Cam Holden that, that fill big roles for them. They've got holdovers like Nick Timberlake and Jason Gibson who uh, you know, have, have definitely understood what that program's about. And they have role guys like a Charles Thompson who and Juwan Gray. I mean, those, those guys, like, get it. Like, you can tell that they – that they're, they know exactly what they need to do. And so it's a Towson team that can shoot, which isn't something we've always seen. It's a Towson team that takes care of the ball. I mean, you look on their Ken Palm profile, the steal percentage, they have the, the, the best steal percentage in the country, which means they're few, they have the fewest offensive possessions per 100 that end in, a tur- end in a steal for an opponent. So even though their turnover percentage maybe isn't as high, it's 92nd, it means they're basically what those turnovers are, dead ball turnovers, and they're not leading to easy buckets the other way. There's a lot to like about them, yeah. and there's not a lot about them that you look at and say, gosh, this isn't sustainable. They're just really, really good. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. They really impressed me, and, and they're athletic, too. It's, it's the thing that really jumped out at me. Like, they have – they're sort of all over the place. I, 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 I'm very impressed by what I've seen from Towson, and this is it for them as far as the non-conference is concerned. Correct? Like this, I, this is it. They've got, they've got the conference opener on New Year's Eve against James Madison, and from there it's 18 CAA games in a row uh, prior to the conference tournament down in DC. Patrick Stevens is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, talking college hoops. Anything else that happened on the local front? That I mean, I feel like just this is where we are. Obviously, Maryland had a pause anyway because of uh, finals break. They had a lengthy finals break built in, um, so they're still not back into action until next week. Correct? Is there anything else that's even going on on the local front? Well, I'll go ahead and give a shout out to Mount St. Mary's for ending a three-game slide, uh, and they got Morgan State by 14 before Morgan won on its pause um, this week. 74-60 on Saturday, a really good game for the Mounts. And like you mentioned earlier, they have UMBC coming up uh, t- tomorrow up in Emmitsburg, and that's a UMBC team that's suddenly on a four-game losing streak. And, you know, they, they didn't hit a shot from the floor in the last 924 against UNC Greensboro. Uh, and so that was one of those 
you know, games, I think it was a little bit of a gut check for the Retrievers. When you look at what they've been able to do, they've been able to get the tempo more of what they want, uh, and Greensboro was able to dictate tempo, play good defense, and UMBC was really kind of discombobulated with the, perhaps the exception of Keandre Kennedy. Uh, and so UMBC finds itself in a spot where you know, it's got Mount St. Mary's and Radford uh, in its next two games on back-to-back Wednesdays before starting America East play. Uh, and so they've got to get themselves right here before diving into their into their conference schedule. There's no chance that these games in the Big East are actually going to end up being forfeits, right? Like there's there's you no... hope that, right? Right. right? Like you'd, like hope, the... you'd hope that. I mean, certainly some of them. Like if you sit there and look at St. John's and Seton Hall, for example. I mean, let's face yeah. it. They they could reschedule that game for noon, you know, on a Tuesday or whatever. Or, or whatever day, and just basically bust over, right? Like, I mean, that doesn't seem like a game that should not go unplayed. Uh, so yeah, I think that given the circumstances, you know, so much of this is you're trying to adapt uh, based on what the circumstances are. And so the circumstances when everybody set these forfeit rules back in August and September are, are frankly different with, yep. a, with a different variant of the virus out there. Uh, so that's a variable. You know, another thing, and I don't know if you caught what Frank Martin, the South Carolina head coach, had to say, uh, I think it was Friday, just basically saying, like, are we going to deal with this season in the, with the exact same protocols that we dealt with last season when there is a vaccine, you have all this, you know, there have been advances, all this stuff. And he wasn't necessarily saying it in a crotchety, you know, I'm just a lunkhead coach and I want right. to play type of thing. It right. was more of a Let's at least have the conversation here, and if it comes out this way, so be it. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. That you, I think there's in a lot of ways, in a lot of different areas of the sports world and the world in general, I think you do kind of have to look at it and, and say, let's at least have a conversation to figure out what is it that we need to do or what can we do, and are things different than they were at this point a year ago? Well, and I think to that point, Patrick, like I, I understood, and what you're saying is, that, so they, they put all these in place because the idea was to try to make sure you got your team vaccinated and you're doing all the right things. And since then, we've learned that you can be vaccinated, you can do the right things, and you could still get this particular variant, and that's not going to help, and you're going to have a bunch of guys test positive, and you're going to have to shut the program down. But the, the, the penalties, to me, don't make sense. For, like, it, it doesn't help the team that gets the forfeit. I don't think no. the, the NCAA tournament committee is not going to say, oh, man, you got a forfeit against that team? You're in. Like, it, it doesn't help anyone. It, does, it doesn't help. The, the, the issue I think that's in play there a little bit is – trying to avoid ridiculous scheduling where you have think about what Nebraska had to deal with last year right. with all the makeup games you know i'm trying i'm bringing up their profile from last year now but i feel like they had just a ridiculous number of games in a short period of time so in it looks like a 20 or a 30 day period they played 14 games last season yeah. After they got off of their pause. Yeah. You're obviously that's a lot. trying to avoid that kind of a scenario. At the same time, you would think, and again, I'm not an immunologist or a virologist or an epidemiologist or anything like that, but you would think that with people being vaccinated, that you might be able to have this thing under control a little bit more and not have those month long pauses like we saw last year. You would like to hope that would be the case. I, I just ultimately feel as though in, you know, canceling games is going to have to be the better option than, than forfeits. I just don't. I do not see the value of that and why that's something that they would they would would any league would want to be doing. And this is look, the Big East is the first one to deal with it, but within the next 2 weeks everybody's going to be in the conference play. 
and and everybody's going to be dealing with these things because unfortunately I think we can all read the tea leaves and see this isn't just going to disappear again. Uh, no, between... it, it certainly it certainly isn't. And and I I'll go ahead and give a shout out to the MIAC, which actually has a weekend that's open for everybody in the middle of league mm, play. Mm. Um, now I think part of that was because they're down to eight teams. They you know they just didn't have enough. There were t- too many dates and not enough games to fill. Right. Sure. But. It wouldn't astonish me. I haven't talked to anybody with the league, but there probably was a little bit of thought there. Well, why don't we just leave this here, and, and maybe that's an opportunity for makeup games, and that's what it may turn out to be. Uh, as, you, as you look right now, there's a couple, obviously, Coppin and Morgan uh, teams in the MEAC that, that are on pause at the moment. So uh, that's something that's kind of sitting there that, that looks that looks a little bit better uh, than maybe it did at the start of the season when you're sitting there looking, gosh, these teams are going to go almost two weeks between games. Well, now they might not, depending on how – things go here uh in terms of uh in terms of pauses and, and what have you over the course of january anything on the national front that is still scheduled for right now that's worthy of pointing out for this week uh, uh there, there's not a whole lot yeah it, it, it's not the interesting thing like um western kentucky was supposed to visit austin p this week and they they canceled that game uh so that they could go play kentucky in sort of a a combination of a high profile game because western kentucky's not bad uh, but also a tornado relief game down there at Rupp Arena. So that's something I think, I think it's tomorrow that they're okay. playing that one. Uh, so that's a game that kind of stands out a little bit. And obviously, like you said, you've got a fair number of these of these Big East games that are going on right now. Uh, and so that's going to be, I think, uh, really one of the, the, the big things this week. Xavier goes to Villanova uh, tonight. Uh, I think that's a game that stands out a bit. You've got Marquette and Connecticut. Uh, as a game in Georgetown's conference opener is, is up at Providence. And then also tomorrow you've got a handful of ACC games that are on the schedule, including Duke and Virginia Tech and Clemson and Virginia. And Boston College Wake, I believe, is in that mix too. So there is some conference like play a... that we'll see, but it's not. It, there's not a lot. Of them. I, know, I know you have to play more conference games now with all these bloated conferences, but it's just such a weird week to be playing conference basketball it really games. Is. And, what and, a weird know, week. This is this is what you get when you have these bloated leagues. Right. I mean, when you really, when you get beyond twelve, um, and obviously you can play a twenty game league schedule with with twelve teams just as easily as you can fourteen or fifteen. But when you get beyond twelve, these are the sorts of things that happen. And obviously, like the Big East is at eleven, but you know the SEC's at fourteen, the Big Ten's at fourteen, the ACC's at fifteen, and everybody wants to load up on their on their conference games for TV purposes. And, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a, a little, a little dubious uh, to be trying to squeeze them in here. No Probably doubt. A smarter play would have been trying to play them at the beginning of the summer. That would have made more sense to me. But what do I know? All right, Patrick Stevens. It's time for our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams this particular player has played for? Uh, our five-team guy played 15 seasons of Major League Baseball. He was a two-time All-Star, a two-time Silver Slugger winner. He finished in the top 15 of MVP voting once. Uh, again, admit these are tricky. Five teams for Hubie Brooks. Ooh, gosh. Uh, Hubie Brooks was a Met, right? Most certainly was a Met. And he was almost certainly an expo. Most certainly was. You have knocked out 11 of Hubie Brooks' seasons. I believe he was in, was he a Dodger? He was a Dodger immediately following his stint with the Expos in 1990. And then I'll even tell you he went back to the Mets in 91. So you're now looking for uh, a one-season stop and then a two-season stop at the end of his career. One season and two season for Hubie Brooks. Gosh, this is a little. 
I, I know. I'm admitting this, the five teamers are, are difficult. This is this is a little tricky at this stage, I think. Um, Hubie Brooks, let's. So we're talking 93, 94, 95. Uh, 90, 92, 93, 94, yeah. Okay. Um, let's throw the Reds out. Yeah, I, I like where your head's at. It's not the Reds. And I'll throw Pittsburgh out. Yeah, I, good guesses. It would be the, the then California Angels for a season in 92, and then two seasons with the Royals at the end okay. of his career. Two, uh, two difficult seasons. Actually, I take that back. One of them, he hit 286. Um, but uh, he, he struggled to the finish line there at the end of his career in Kansas City. So you know what? Why don't we just just because at some point I've got to take him off the list. Everybody knows them, but go ahead and say the four teams that Nolan Ryan pitched for, and then we'll reset the list after this. Mets, Angels, Astros, and Rangers. Uh, Pat- Patrick Stevens, you doing the double dip tomorrow? Uh no, only gonna do Navy and Talcum. Okay, all right. I guess that's a that's a heck of a drive to be making uh, afterwards. And especially when you start factoring in you know rush hour traffic this particular yep. week. Yep, it's a lot. That's it's a, it's, it's a little it's much. a lot to do. At Discord, any anything else that you're doing this week, or is that, that... I'm heading over to Mason tonight. They're playing, okay. They're playing American. Would have headed over there on Thursday for the Coppin State game, but we know how that turned out. Yeah. So. Uh, but so, so yeah, only a couple games this week, and then uh, and then off until next Monday. All right, at discourse D one S course on Twitter is how you follow him. Patrick, Merry Christmas, my friend. Appreciate it. as always. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Awesome, Glenn. Take care. Patrick Stevens joining us here on GCR as he does every Tuesday morning to talk some college hoops. Appreciate him taking the time for us as always. You should take some time. I know it's a difficult time because we don't know if the games are actually going to be played or not, but. Man, there's nothing quite like sitting in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. I got to do it last week. And yes, while Jeremy Kahn failed me with his Chattanooga pick, it was still a lot of fun to sit there, watch the game, be into it, feeling it, knowing I had a shot at the end to try to cut. Oh, it was an awesome experience. The wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, you want to grab a break here? What do you want to do? You, you're the producer, Paul Valley. This is, you tell me what we should do. You want to take a break or you just want to plug through? Let's just plug through. All right, we'll plug through. Jordan Mosley from Maryland Football is scheduled to join us here in one minute uh, to preview next week's Pinstripe Bowl and their trip up to New York to play at Yankee Stadium. It's a good question. We didn't get to talk about Buck at all yesterday because we were talking football. This was a good question that I got from Dale. Dale said, um, Glenn, I know we'll all be rooting for the Mets to some extent, uh, and I know that we all want to see Buck win a World Series. I know you've said before that you think he's one World Series away from being a Hall of Famer. I do. I feel that way. That's I, it. I agree. He wins a World Series is in the Hall of Fame. And, and I think that standard was set. I'm not saying that Buck Showalter is Bobby Cox, but Bobby Cox won one World Series and got into the Hall of Fame. Um, and I know that he had to get in on one of those sort of weird ballots, and I don't I, – I never understand – all of the which ballot they do each year, they did them recently, and that's Buck O'Neill finally is getting into the Hall of Fame this year and, mm. and somebody else that had waited forever. Like Veterans Committee and stuff But, but like they that. have like eight different committees. Right. Like there's so many different committees that they end up doing. This is how Harold Baines got in a few years ago and um, who at least Smith got in on one of these committees as well. I uh, can't believe that Fred McGriff hasn't gotten in on one but of these committees. But he, I think, just gets, like, he just got off the ballot. 
Mm-hmm. So that, he'll that be, makes sense. He'll be viewed by these committees. Like this year's committees were all from like the tr- the beginning of the century. Well, I mean, he he and Baines came off the ballot right around the same time. No, Baines Baines didn't. Fred McGriff literally was on the ballot like two years ago. Baines got in on the committee two years ago. No, for, M- McGriff hasn't been on the ballot for a long time. They both finished their playing careers right around the same time. But then Baines must have fallen off the ballot quicker. Baines was not still on ballots when Fred McGriff was, for sure. It might not be a five-year difference. Mm-hmm. It might be only a two- or three-year difference. But Fred McGriff was definitely still on ballots past when Harold Baines was. Because Fred McGriff was not on the list of... The way they do the committees mm-hmm. is by time period. So they'll say it's the the golden era or the today's game era. Like They have di- time periods by which they set up these committees. This is a committee to view 1900 to 1920. This is a committee to view 1920 to 1940. This is a committee to view... That's the way they've set up these sure. committees over the years. So Fred McGriff will end up on one of those in the next few years. Mm. They will they just cycle them. Like this year, the committees just happen to be for a particularly old portion of baseball history. But they'll cycle back through to a more modern committee in the next five years at some point, And certainly he'll be somebody that they'll consider at that point. Um, all of this being said, I stand by it. The, the question that he's asking is, what actual chance does he have of winning a World Series with the Mets? And it's a really fair question that I can't answer yet because it's so much of it is predicated on this kind of crazy guy, Steve Cohen, mm-hmm. and, and how hell-bent he is to win, to win a World Series and how much he will balk at it after he doesn't win a World Like, how committed really are you to win a World Series? If your commitment is, I want to make a splash, I want to sign a bunch of free agents next year, and I, I want this to be about 2023. We want to win the World Series in 2023. Well, a lot of teams have tried doing that. And like the Padres haven't won a World Series yet uh, with that strategy. The Blue Jays all those years ago when they were adding – you know, Josh Johnson and Mark Burley and insert name here. They never won a World Series doing that. Not every right. team that just says, we want to make a huge splash, turns it into winning a World Series. The commitment has to be at every level. Yes, you need to sign those players, but you also have to fortify that with a better system. You also have to fortify that with, you know, this and this and this and this and this in order to make it happen. I don't know enough about Steve Cohen to know if it's just about attention for him. The guy clearly likes attention. He likes being on Twitter. He likes, you know, all of those things. He likes um, being someone that people are aware of his existence. He's he's, and that's always not a that's not always a bad thing. Mark Cuban likes attention too, and won an NBA title as the owner of the Mavericks, trying to be a guy that got attention. It's not like every owner that wants attention is a bad person. Or is does a bad job. You can do both things. You can both be a someone who gets plenty of media spotlight. Name a owner that gets more media spotlight than Mark Cuban. It's Jerry Jones, and that's about it. And yet he built a champion. He built a team that was able to win an NBA title. Um, so I I don't know. I, I I get the sense that Mets fans are are on board with Steve Cohen. They kind of like. That he likes the job so much, the job. He likes being the owner so much. He likes putting them, himself out there. But I, I don't know if that's going to lead to them winning a World Series or not. It's certainly the most talented roster that the Buck has ever inherited coming into a. To uh, you mean when he first job. got there? Where, yeah. Where, oh, yeah. When, okay. I'll when, listen when to he, that. When he when he first got there. Yeah. Sure. On, on paper, the Mets should be able to win the East, but it's the Mets. Right. Right. Correct. And you still have to contend in the playoffs with teams like 
the Padres who now have a manager that can actually get the job done, yep. at least you'd think, and the Bob Dodgers Melvin. who are absolutely loaded. 100%. The, the, they have a shot. I don't, I, and that's what I, I don't know if this year is the fair year for it, that. They have a I shot, but probably not. I, I don't know that I believe this year they can win a World Series. Right. I think it would be 2023 that you'd be looking at for them to, to fortify a little bit more, take a step forward, and then fortify sort of an all-in year for 23 if Buck's going right. to win a World Series. Right. But yes, I'll be rooting like hell for him. Joining us now, uh, next week, next Wednesday, in fact, the Pinstripe Bowl up in New York, Maryland, taking on Virginia Tech. Let's catch up with an all-Big Ten safety. Jordan Mosley now joins us from the University of Maryland. Jordan, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. What's up? It's great to chat with you, dude. Congratulations on an incredible season. Jordan, um, you have been through – a lot of things during your time at the University of Maryland, right? Like, uh, just, just, I, you could probably write a book about the time that you have spent in College Park over these last few years. What does it mean for you personally? I, I know a lot of people would say, boy, it's, it's the Pinstripe Bowl, it ain't the Rose Bowl, but what does it mean for you, everything that you've been through, to be playing in a bowl game with your brothers next week up in New York? No, nah, yeah, like, like you just said, uh, it, it definitely means a lot, like me, and my teammates, especially the class of 2018, that should be the last class. Uh, we went through a lot, and you know, we went through you know five and seven season, a three and nine season, and then a, a COVID season to so to get back to postseason ball. It, it means a lot, especially when you I've never been there, and no one on the team has been there yet. You know, we see guys that are sort of checking out of bowl games around the country. Why, why wouldn't? Why is it important for you to be a part of this thing, Jordan? It's important because it, it just means that, one, you get a chance to go above 500 in our case, and it just means you one of the teams that battled their way throughout the season, whether it was good or bad. But at the end of the year, you finished at least 6-6, six and six, so that, that's an accomplishment in and out of itself. I, I, there's no doubt. There's no doubt, and especially for when you guys are trying to lay a foundation, clearly, for what, uh, what what's coming at the University of Maryland. Can you tell me a little bit about that, Jordan? You know, I, I, this season I know there were ups and downs, right? And there were games that just did not go your guys' way. But do you take a sense of pride in that you guys feel as though you have shifted the trajectory of Maryland football for guys that are going to be coming in future years, that, that there is a, a better foundation for Maryland football because of the work you guys have put in this last couple of years? Yeah, well, uh... I mean, as an older guy, my, my job is to uh, create a path and make it easier for the dudes that come behind me. So that was, really was my goal this season, uh, try to get us to a bowl game, try to make it easier for the dudes coming behind me. And I feel like we did that. This senior class definitely did that. And we're just trying to go uh, above 500 on the season this year. I mean, it's, 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 some people would say that's a small thing, but it sounds like it's a really big thing for you guys. How, how much are you talking about that, that you don't want that final number to be a sub-500 number when the year is over? Uh, it, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's a, big, it's a big thing in terms of we haven't had that in a long time here. So that, that's what I mean by that. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's a huge thing. I mean, we're going to approach this game like we did any other game. It's not like we're going to do something else or switch up the formula. We're still going to do the same things we've been doing. But just that's, in, that's definitely in the back of your head. Like just like when we went into that records game, we approached that like any other game. But in the back of our head, it was like, okay, we win this. We're going to a bowl. So now that we're at the bowl, it's, we're not just happy to be here. We're trying to 
go above five five hundred, trying to win the bowl game. We're not just going to New York just to have fun. Jordan Mosley is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Of course, all Big Ten selection. He's getting ready for the Pinstripe Bowl next Wednesday against Virginia Tech. Jordan, does that mean something too? I know you're a Pennsylvania guy, but I'm sure you've got you know you know plenty of guys that have Virginia Tech. I, you guys could have been playing in a bowl game against anybody, right? It could have been you know Kansas State. It could have been Stanford. Does it feel a little bit more because you know how many people in this area like sort of there there are a lot of Virginia Tech fans in this region? Like, do you feel any of that that gives a little more juice to this game next week? Uh, I see it and I understand it. Uh, like you just said, I'm not from Maryland, right. Virginia area, so I'm not really too familiar with the rivalry all the way, but I know dudes on that team, and, you know, it's all love, but obviously when we get on the field, it's, it's war. So, you know, they trying to kill us, we're trying to kill them. But, uh, yeah, I understand it, though. There's definitely a lot of dudes in the area, a lot of dudes that I know on that team, and it should be a fun game. It, 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 is there something about playing at Yankee Stadium that's kind of cool to you? Does that mean anything to you at all? Uh, definitely. I mean, I'm not from New York, but yeah, because, you know, that's just such a, a historical site. Uh, being uh, in New York City, that's great in and that of itself. Uh, holiday season, so it's going to be a lot of good energy. And yeah, I, I, love, I'm, I feel like the atmosphere here is going to be uh, fantastic. You, you got a lot of family friends that are trying to come up next week? Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably two hours away from uh, New York, so yeah. I definitely got a lot of people going up there that's awesome man that's a really cool thing they're able to go up there and and celebrate that with you jordan mosley is with us here on gcr jordan i I guess i i'd be remiss to ask like you know we're in such a unique circumstances everybody was offered another year like are are you do you have you made a decision have you decided like for sure that you're moving on and and you're pursuing your nfl career at this point or is that still something that you got to think about right now yeah uh i'm i'm gonna focus on this ball game yeah okay so it's so, decision. Yeah, I'm 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 not trying to pressure you. I want to make that very clear. I'm not trying to pressure you. I just didn't know if it was something you're like, oh no, dude, I've already made that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It, 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 the decision's going to be made soon, definitely. But okay, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm fully committed to this game. And and I, and I respect like that. Sure. I totally respect that. What whatever your decision is, to to go from a three star kid out of Havertown, Pennsylvania, to an All Big Ten selection. Can can you put into words the pride that you have in what you've already done during your time at Maryland, especially considering all of the difficult circumstances that you've been through? Yeah, um, like you said, just a three-star at Havertown. Like, from the outside looking in, I'm not even really supposed to be here. Uh, and I wouldn't consider myself an overachiever at all because everything I've got to this point, I feel like I worked for and I, I deserve. So... I feel like I put in the work to get to where I am right now. There's still a lot more work that I got to put in, but in terms of being counted out and being doubted, I, I, mean, I faced that throughout my whole career, so it's not anything new. So I'm just, every chance I get, every Saturday I get, it's just a chance to put on for myself, my family, and, and where I'm from. That's awesome, man. Uh, being around Mike Loxley these last couple of years, can you describe for everybody else that – that says, why Why do people talk about him the way that they do? Um, getting the chance to, to have this time with him and knowing what he's meant to so many guys, can you explain why he's had such an impact on this program and why you guys have all bought in the way that you have to, to turn the trajectory around for this football team? The, when he got here, the, 
the atmosphere definitely changed. The culture definitely changed. Uh, we're about more hard work. It's more about more hard work and more dedication than it's ever been. Uh, not too many excuses. And like I said, that, that foundation has been built to where as the older dudes, he puts a lot more on us. And we're just trying to make it easier and make it palatable for the younger guys. And, and I hope that the younger guys do the same thing from when the kids under them come in. So that's really what it's been, just putting in work every day, day in and day out, and not getting too focused on immediate goals. Because, you know, a lot of times, like, your goals that you set out for yourself, they're not just going to happen just like that. It takes a lot of hard work, and you got to be able to believe even though you can't see it in the moment. I mean, that's it's well said, bro. It's it's really well said. It's it's truly remarkable what you've been able to accomplish, man. And and it's it's been awesome to watch you play over these last few years. So so let me let me handle a couple fun ones with you. What do we need to know about Jordan Mosley, man? Like you you know you're I was I was scoping out your social media. You're really like it's it's football heavy. It's football centric. Was football always like something that you thought was the path for you in life? Were you always a football guy? Oh yeah yeah. I've been playing football since I was five. Wow. Uh, my dad my dad got me into it. I've been in pads since I was seven. But obviously I'm talking to you now. You meet me in person, like, you know, I obviously I'm a football dude, but I'm I'm a cool dude outside of the field. It it, it isn't all football all the time. I just try to keep my social media clean because you know what I hear you. Climate we're in right yeah, now. Yeah, and but, anybody's offended by anything. I compl- I get what you're saying, man. I totally <laughs> like I totally so so what would like outside of football season, what does maybe a Friday night look like in Jordan Mosley's life? Uh, it, it depends what type of Friday night, but uh, usually I like to lay back, uh, usually uh, get with my girl. But if, okay. I'm, if I'm with the guys, if I'm with the guys, you know, we'll go to a bar maybe. We'll, we'll go somewhere uh, popping. Uh, and, you know, I'm just a cool dude. Like, I, I, like, I like fashion. I like shoes. I like I like exploring new places. And uh, D.C. is a great area. That's uh, cool. I'm, I'm a dude from outside of Philly, but I, I came down to D.C. And, and I like a lot of the spots around D.C. and Baltimore as well. I, my, my roommate go to uh, my roommate lives in Baltimore, so I've been over to Baltimore a few times. That's cool. Got man. a lot of li- nice places over here. I know you guys got to go to the Ravens game before the season too. Like that, that that was kind of a cool thing for you. Give me the um, give me your personal top cheesesteak spot. Like where's where's the place? Everybody's got their own. Where's the place that, like, when somebody tells you they went to, like, Pat's or Gino's, you're like, yo, what are you doing? That's some tourist S. What are you doing? Go to this place instead. Um, That's a good question. I haven't, I haven't been in Philadelphia in a long time. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be, be here all year. but I guess that's true. I'd be lying to you because I said I had an exact spot. But if you go to West Philadelphia, any corner store you see, you're good. Really? You know what I'm you can't just go to the tourist spot. You just got to go to a mom and pop. Uh, you just got to go to a poppy store, really. Any poppy store you see, West Philadelphia, you should be good. That was that was always – I wasted so many years of my life stopping at those joints. And then, like, you know, somebody somebody finally introduced me to John's Roast Pork, and I was like, oh, my God, my life has changed. Like, I will yeah. never again make a visit to any of those. No offense to them. They're in their business. God bless them. But that's not where I'm going when I'm up there, man. It's just not the way it's going to be. Uh, Jordan Mosley, let's get let's get some plugs in for you. Twitter, Instagram, where can people be following you? Uh, yeah, you can uh, follow me on Instagram. It's uh, J underscore Mosley eighteen, and then my Twitter is um, 
One second. My Twitter is uh Is it is it J Boogie eighteen with the, the O's or Zeros? Yes, yes, okay. sir, yes, sir. All right, Jay. And then, um, yeah, that's really it. I, I'd be on social media. If you got any questions, just hit me up. Uh, I'm pretty active. I, I check my DMs pretty often. So that's awesome. Anything you need, you can hit me up. Jordan, congratulations, man. Um, whatever you end up doing moving forward, uh, it's been a lot of fun watching you play football, and we're looking forward to next Wednesday up in New York in the Pinstripe Bowl against Virginia Tech. Congratulations on everything. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Nah, no problem. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Jordan Mosley, All-Big Ten uh, safety from the University of Maryland. Appreciate him hopping on with us here on GCR. Um, today's show also brought to you by your Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, try Chick-fil-A catering from Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese. Enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. We'll just keep pushing through. We'll, we'll, I get, we'll get them all in. We're still okay time-wise, so we'll get them all in. We'll keep pushing through here on a Tuesday edition of GCR. Thanks again to Jordan Mosley for taking a couple of minutes for us. Best of luck to him and the Terps in the Pinstripe Bowl, which again is next Wednesday afternoon. I did mean to check to see uh, who's on top. Thank you to, uh, for those of you that got into our Bowl Pick'em contest on GCR. Appreciate that. We uh, are going to be uh, chipping in another $100. In fact, we already spent it on uh, Sunday for um, what we're doing for Helping Up Mission. We're able to get uh, even more clothes than we thought we were going to get for those folks. So thank you to you guys for getting in. That was an awesome thing. And just checking in. We're going to be playing for about $400 at stake. I am struggling, admittedly. Your boy is not doing well. Four and six so far to start bowl season. Yuck. The good news for me is that no one is better than six and four. Been some surprising results in the beginning of bowl season. So updating the uh, the leaders include uh, Andrew Stecka, Paul from Ovilando, Madison uh, Levin Epstein is tied for the lead. Mary Bonacci is tied for the lead. Dustin Smith. Uh, Paul's Paul his son Eric is playing and is also tied for the lead and then Brian Powell and John Proctor are all tied at the top of the table for our bowl pick'em still very early on 10 bowls in they are all six and four as it has been a struggle for everyone in our bowl pick'em contest but we'll keep tabs on that well, this is a remarkable story. Um, of course, you know, we love the Babe Ruth Museum. It's part of the fabric of Baltimore. And I saw this a few weeks back, and I'm like, man, this is crazy. There's a baseball card that's worth at least $6 million, but because of the fact that it, there are public shares of it that have been sold, it's really more like a $10 million baseball card. And you're going to be able to see it at the Babe Ruth Museum. Joining us now is the historian and director emeritus of the Babe Ruth Museum. You've heard Mike Gibbons on every show all over this market, including our own for years, and he's back with us here on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn and Paul. Happy holidays, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Hey, uh, no problem. Uh, it's, uh, it's good to be talking with you, and, and especially when we've got a story <laughs> like the one we're about to talk this about. This is crazy uh, to me, Mike. It's, uh, as you said, it's, it's just remarkable. Um, when I when I first got involved down here, when I was a young man uh, back in 1982, you could pick up a, a Babe Ruth signed baseball for about a hundred dollars, and and the reason for that was that the market uh, people 
kept uh, they um, attached themselves to things more for personal reasons than just going out and getting an autograph because it was worth five hundred dollars or something like that. But then uh, through the eighties, it all just skyrocketed, Jeez. and um, you know it has led us to this 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 day and age when. Uh, anything certainly uh, associated with Babe Ruth is just through the roof. Right, there's skyrocketing, and then there's a $10 million baseball card, Mike. That's a completely different conversation that we're having right now. Um, so, so give p- people that don't know the story, and I know uh, Jeff Barker wrote about it in the Baltimore Sun. I know you were on with Stan the Fan talking about it. For people that don't know the story of this specific card, before we get to how it, it's going to end up at the Babe Ruth Museum, what is the background on this specific card itself? So, um, back in 1914, Babe Ruth, who was George Ruth, uh, was at St. Mary's Industrial School, and he, uh, but he was a phenom, and uh, people in Baltimore knew about him. Um, certainly, kids who played against him, uh, you know, they, it all just kind of just got going. And um, a guy by the name of Jack Dunn was the owner and manager of the minor league Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. And he went to see Ruth play um, at the very end of the 1913 season against Mount St. Joe's High School. And they had a pitcher named Billy Marset, and so these, uh, who was really good. And these, these two pitchers went at each other. And uh, a crowd of thousands went to St. Mary's Industrial School, which was later Cardinal Gibbons High School um, at Wilkins uh, Avenue. He, um, you know, he goes over to see the game. Ruth beats Morissette. Uh, Jack Dunn signs Ruth in the following February to a contract. And, um, you know, for 600 bucks a year, Ruth goes off and plays for the Orioles. He then goes to the Red Sox, and uh, the rest is history. In that year, 1914, uh, a a newspaper called the Baltimore News put out uh, as a promotion schedule cards of uh, the Baltimore Orioles and also of the Baltimore Terrapins, a startup uh, team with the new Federal League, which mm-hmm. is considered Major League caliber. And so they published these cards. So when you open your newspaper, there would be a baseball card with a player on the front and the schedule of either, you know, uh, if it was an Oriole, it would be the schedule of the Orioles on the back. And uh, so anyway, there were, and we're not sure how many cards were published, uh, for the Orioles, but it's somewhere between 17 and 25. Um, a guy, a kid who was a newspaper delivery boy by the name of Archibald Davis, he collected the cards and held on to the cards and put them in a shoebox. And ultimately, uh, he passed away. His uh, son and daughter played with the cards as kids will. Uh, and the son then took charge of them as time went by. And uh, ultimately, he brought the card, uh, the Babe Ruth card, along with 12 uh, other cards from the 1914 Orioles that he had collected. He brought them to us in like 1998. Uh, We didn't know anything about the cards. Check with the National Baseball Hall of Fame. They didn't know about the cards. But uh, it was enticing, to say the least. The guy said, we want to put these on, uh, on loan down here. And so we, we displayed the cards. Then you can fast forward, uh, you know, through the years. You get up to maybe 2010, and the cards uh, were taking up, uh, you know, gaining value. And uh, this one card sold for about $400,000. Not, not 
uh, from the cards that we had, but a Babe Ruth rookie card went for that amount of money. And uh, it, it just continued to escalate until we get to last year. And the Davis family wanted uh, to sell the card uh, to a buyer. And uh, ultimately that happened. The guy, and as you mentioned in your preamble, the card went for at least $6 million. It may have gone for $8 million. We're kind of uh, foggy about uh, the real sales price, but it really doesn't matter. Um, the card is worth a ton. And as you said, well, this whole notion of uh, selling shares of just, the card this is so insane to me. Right? Escalates the value. <laughs> so now the card, uh, you know, our guess is it's worth more than $10 million. The guy who bought the card, wishes to remain anonymous and he uh but he immediately got in touch with us and said i want to continue to display the card at the babe ruth museum uh, so that the public can enjoy it and it doesn't sit in a closet and i said well that's great but now that the whole world knows yeah it's kind of a problem card, for you right <laughs> like you got yeah. sick so I, I said I'm, I'm happy to put that card on display however uh, we need to build a new display right. that has all the security bells and whistles, right. um, state of the art. And uh, I said, I don't have a budget for that. So he said, I'll pay for it. Wow. And that is happening. And um, uh, we think that we're uh, we're going to gear up and open the exhibit on February 4th, which okay. is uh, the beginning of Babe Ruth's birthday weekend. Uh, he was born on February 6th. So that's that's uh what we're doing everything's in production and uh we're very excited about it uh, and uh, i expect that a lot of people are going to you know just want to visit the birthplace because of they they're curious they, you know sure what is, uh, sure what right. does a 10 million dollar baseball card look <laughs> right. like you know? exactly right mike gibbons is with us from the babe ruth museum um, but there's so much in that. Like I'm, I'm imagining you, you trying to turn the Babe Ruth Museum. And for people that don't know, the Babe Ruth Museum is, is, it's a lovely place, but it's not a very large facility. Um, I'm imagining you trying to turn it into the Louvre in like putting up lasers and things along those lines here in the coming weeks to try to get ready for something like this. I joked when I first heard the story, Paul and I were joking. I'm like, I would, I would just say no. You know, Mike, I'm, I'm the type of person like I understand this buyer. If I ever won the lottery, no one would ever know. I don't ever want to have nice things. I don't. I'm just that. That's who I am as a person. So, and you know, trying to hold on and, and take care of a, a ten million dollar baseball card is is crazy to me. Are are you nervous to like touch it, Mike? Are you legitimately? Do you feel any of that? Where like I don't even want to touch this thing because you don't want to be the person that accidentally spilled a soda on it or something like that. Well, in 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 today's uh, world of collectibles, and you know you know something about this. Uh, the the process that you go through when you're dealing with a valuable collectible has changed uh, significantly in a relatively short amount of time. And what I mean by that is that today, that, that rookie card uh, has been embedded into a plastic sleeve, and you, yeah, it, it'll sure. never come out of that. You'll ne right. No so one will it, touch when, it. Yeah. When, when it is displayed, uh, so that way, if by some... Uh, you know, freakish incident, the card w w was stolen from us. Uh, it, it wouldn't do the, uh, the, the new guy any, any good. I mean, you, he couldn't take it out of the sleeve right. without destroying the card. Right. So, um, it will, it will have that. The card is not with us right now. It is uh, with the owner and will be brought up when the casework is done. Now the case, the, the casework is interesting. We, uh, deal a lot with a 
firm, a, a design firm in Boston. They did Sports Legends Museum for us uh, back in 2004 and five. So they're really good. They, they did the National Aquarium here. They know their way around the world of exhibits. Um, I went to them and said, we need to build a case that can, that can protect this card and, and, and the 12 mates that are with it. So there'll be 13 Oriole cards that that, that old guy uh, or that, that kid, uh, Archibald Davis, collected. They're all going to be redisplayed together in this case. But uh, they, uh, the Boston people contracted a case-building firm um, that did the casework for the Martin Luther King I've Got a Dream speech which okay. is valued at $21 million. And so they built the casework for that and guarantee us that you could go up to it with a sledgehammer and you're not going to, you're wow. not going to. Wow, man. So uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty comforty, uh, comfortable, comfortable with this whole situation. The, um, the security is, is being uh, greatly enhanced down here so that uh, um, we're, we're pretty comfortable that, that, uh, that the card will be safe. So anyway, Mike, do very you, exciting. I hope we see you down here on February. Oh, for 4th. sure. Do, do you, <laughs> but do you understand why this card is is so? Is it just because it's the earliest known Babe Ruth card? Is that what makes it so valuable to everybody? Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, you, you know, there's two things going on. First of all, you may remember that uh, for a long time, the Honus Wagner T206 was the cat's meow of, of baseball cards. And uh, that was because there was a blemish in the card, and Honus Wagner said, I'm not going to sign off on this thing. So they had been producing some a limited number of those cards actually hit the market, but then they stopped production, so it became a rarity. Right. But um, the Babe Ruth card, there were only 10, about 10 known to exist. So they are the most rare, uh, and it's Babe Ruth, and it is his rookie card, you know, the first, the first baseball card ever made of Babe Ruth. So that, that uh, really drives the value of this thing. Card, the card is in good, uh, good condition, not mint condition. And they, they say that if, uh, I think Forbes magazine came out and said, if there were a Babe Ruth rookie card found in mint condition, that it would be triple the value yeah. <laughs> or double or triple the Holy value smokes. Of, of a good, uh, you know, a, a good condition card. So God only knows if we find one of them. <laughs> wow. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, ba- cool. BabeRuthMuseum.org, of course, is the website um, for you to go to right now and, and just find out, you know, a little bit more about the museum itself and what they're doing at Babe Ruth Museum on Twitter. And again, Mike, the, the plan is for the card to be unveiled that weekend of February 4th for everybody to come see it, check it out, as and celebrate Babe Ruth's birthday throughout the course of that weekend, correct? Absolutely. So, and and hopefully that'll be the beginning of a long uh, of a long period where you know we just you know we welcome baseball fans to come in and see you know this curiosity piece and uh, um, and and hopefully you know we've got a baseball season next year <laughs> to bring fans down to Oreo Park oh. because we're only two blocks away, or as I used to say, just a long fly ball away from Oriole Park. So uh, we're looking forward to it, and uh, I, I do appreciate you 
helping us to spread the good news. Mike Gibbons, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I have the same curiosity that everybody else does. It's an incredible story. Uh, looking forward to being down there. Have a happy holiday, my friend. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us. Absolutely. Okay, back at you. Mike Gibbons, historian, director emeritus of uh, the Babe Ruth Museum. And again, uh, come February, they're going to have this, this $10 million baseball card. $10 million baseball card. I am not, admittedly, this, you know, the, what he's referencing, this boom, and I know our buddy uh, Eric Arditi is very involved with it. Mm. I am not in any way involved with the, the new surge of, of baseball cards. Neither am and I. seeing these stories about fights at Target and things like I mean, it's just nuts to me. It's, I don't get it at all. As a child, of course, like everybody else, I collected thousands upon thousands upon thousands of baseball cards. Somewhere, if, if at any point in my life, I go back over to my parents' house and go, like, go diving through their basement, I'm going to find 80 binders full of baseball cards. And Lord knows, there might be some value in there somewhere. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea because it just you stop paying attention at some point uh, to what's going on. I do know that my cousin once traded me a Griffey rookie card for like like I want to say a Michael Jordan basketball card. Mm. And I've said to myself a few times, like, I should go back over to my parents' house to see if I can't track down that card and see if it's worth anything, right? I have a Griffey rookie card and an A-Rod rookie okay. card at the house. I think I was tapped out by the time A-Rod. I think I had tapped out somewhere around 93, 94, somewhere in that range. Uh, see, I, I haven't been into baseball cards for a really long time. I was gifted a whole collection oh, okay. All right. about five years ago. Okay. And so I, I went through them one day when I was bored and it was raining, um, and I put them all in binders. I put them by team and by Hall of Famers and stuff like that. Sure. So I have a ton of baseball cards, but the problem is they're all late 80s to mid-90s baseball cards, and there was a million of each. So they're not worth squat. That, that's probably the case for me. That's yeah. probably the case. Overwhelmingly, there, who knows? Maybe there's a card in there that has some value. Yeah, like when I looked up the... Or, more importantly, maybe there'll be a card in there that will have some value for my grandkids at right. some point, which is more of the reason why to do, why you would do something like this. Believe it or not, I believe the A-Rod rookie card was worth like 7 bucks, and the Griffey rookie card was worth like 5 Yeah, that that's, I had. that sounds about right. But imagine this guy that he's talking about all those years ago... Mm-hmm. Imagine going to that guy and saying, hey, by the way, that uh, that card that you had made up of the Baltimore Orioles minor league baseball team, it's worth $10 million today. Like, right. imagine that guy in, in just past the turn of the century being told that thing mm. 100 years later was worth $10 million, a baseball card. It's nuts. That's why I'm not getting rid of my cards. Um, Stan the Fan is not doing um, – his night shows this week or next week, taking the holidays off. But we're going to do a special show this afternoon. Stan the Fan, Luke Jackson, and I are going to hop on uh, Facebook Live somewhere around 1 o'clock to uh, talk about this year's best of issue that I just told you about for PressBox and go through the decisions that we made and how it all came about and talk about some of the individual uh, honorees in this year's best of issue. We're going to do that this afternoon at 1 o'clock, so you want to check that out. And if you missed Stan and Ross talking to Tim Kirkshin last week, I would say that's probably still worth a watch. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Um, still a little bit more to do. You know what we need? I want to I want to call Jeremy and see if he's on board. I want to do that. Okay. So let's do that when we come back in. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. <laughs> I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Day. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports, and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. If you haven't heard and you were planning on coming out tonight, there will not be a Tyus Bowser show this evening. I think you all understand why that's the case. Uh, unfortunately, the outbreak of the last uh, 10 days or so has led to the NFL putting policies back in place similar to where they were a year ago. So... It's what it is. Nothing we can do about that. Um, we are still hopeful that there will be a Tyus Bowser show before we get to the off season, and what that looks like. We're still working on all of those details. Um, he wants to do it. He's you know, Tyus has been phenomenal, and we've been very appreciative of Press Box, Great Eights Memorabilia, My Bookie, Window Depot Baltimore, WindowDepotBaltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy's Garage MD.com. Um, have all been incredible partners to to make this happen, and we've so enjoyed doing it all season long. And we're not—I want to you know—we're not giving up on it. We're not saying it's over. We're just saying right now the final show postponed. So we still have time. There's still three weeks left in the regular season. We're hoping there's going to be a postseason here in Baltimore. 
So we're just sort of working around that when it comes to the Tyus Bowser show. Stay tuned is all we can say at the moment, as we are hopeful for there to be one more Tyus Bowser show before we get into the offseason. We have so enjoyed bringing that to you this year. John from Little Rock, your question is uh, the one that I've I've asked um, a million times. Any idea why both NFL games are on at the same time later today? No. No, it's insane. It's nuts. Especially considering one's an East Coast game and one's a West Coast game. Why not just play them both? Why not do one at six and one at nine so we can all sit back and enjoy football tonight? I, I guess that it's part of it is probably related to it being a Tuesday night and – you know, teams having to turn around and play again next weekend, and they they just they don't want to have somebody playing until midnight tonight. I guess I don't know, but it still it makes no sense to me. I I don't know why Fox wouldn't have wanted a, a whole night's worth of games. They they would get ratings. They're both decent games. I mean, it's not like there's this isn't Jaguars Texans that we're talking about. Um, I also don't know why they wouldn't put one game on Fox and then maybe say to Fox, hey, if you want to put the other game on FX so that people can watch that one too. I. It's a lot of things the NFL does. I've said this for a long time. Not putting all the games on TV is insane. It's 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 you are you're spiting yourself in the name of trying to convince people to purchase another product and in, in the Sunday ticket instead of doing what the NCAA tournament figured out a few years ago, which is well, what if we put all the games on TV? Then maybe everyone would know about all these stars. And when there was a great game when Justin Herbert and the Browns were playing this game of the year earlier the year that like nobody in the country could see. That actually people would see it, and we'd build new stars, and we wouldn't just have to put the Cowboys on all the time. But, and by the way, it's been written about, like people have reported on this, and it's uh, the answer is the NFL. Their essential answer is, well, we think our system works, so we're not willing to consider anything else. It's just insanely stupid. Two football games a night, put them on at different times, let people watch them. Here in Baltimore, you'll be able to watch one. All right, so Jeremy Khan's here. Jeremy, have you heard anything about the idea that I have thrown out this morning? Not a single thing. Okay, so I was, unfortunately, our friend, we're going to do the drinking show on Monday. Unfortunately, our friend Wendy is not available because she's filling in for Amelia on Monday. And apparently, work is more important than hanging out and getting drunk with us. What a loser. I know, right? Like, it's just pathetic. Getting the opportunity to fill in for radio royalty here in Baltimore. That makes, why would you ever choose that? Yeah, correct. So she's out, and then I tried Rita. Rita's out too. I was like, that would be perfect, right? Rita, we, but she's out too. So I'm if still. Rita's coming. I'm bringing Red Bull. So. Oh, <laughs> I still have an idea for you, though. Okay. I think if people are willing to donate for it to us, and I've gotten a, a a loose sort of a tepid response so far, but I, you know, it's just on my show. I put it. I haven't put it on social media, anything like that. What if we did an entire drunken table read of a holiday film? Oh. Um. That would be interesting. Like, are we, like, how are you doing, like, how much are you doing? I'm thinking, uh, I'm literally saying we do the, like, and that's, I would, I would hope to get at least one more person involved, right? But we attempt to do the entire, and I'm going to throw a couple ideas out to you. This is why I tweeted or texted you asking you if you do a Phil Hartman. Because I don't know why I had this thought that it would be absolutely hilarious for us to do an entire, I mean, the entire script, a drunken table read of the film Jingle All the Way. You want to do the whole thing? I'm telling you, the, this is the, That's what makes it so. It's absurd. It's theater of the absurd that we would do this. No one yeah. else would ever attempt something like this. This isn't. This is going to be an hour and a half long film that we're doing a table read for. 
I cookies. think who told you it's my cookies? This is Put what, them down now. Correct. Sorry. And I my Arnold is terrible. That but yet I can my Arnold is awful and yet it's still somehow better than my Phil Hartman, which when I attempted to do it earlier, it just came out as Jerry Coleman. Like that's all it yeah. I attempted. I, I guess the Phil Hartman thing, I've never really tried it, but uh he kinda ha- you know, he gets that deep. Hey, what's going you know, that like, it, I'd have to work on And he sometimes that. drags out some syllables like yeah. yeah, you know, like there's some of that. I if you could do Phil Hartman, I could do a bad Arnold. And I think we could find a third person of some sort to be Sinbad for the course of it. And then we could just fill in the blanks on everything else, right? Like, we could, we could, we could all accomplish this if we did it. I also, like, as I had the idea, I think it needs to be a campy film more than doing something cool like Die Hard. I think we're better off doing Jingle All the Way, right? Or Christmas Vacation would be another... But that's, um, it's beloved. I think it's got to be campy, doesn't it? Okay. You know what? No, I'm just... Uh, look, I'm just spitballing here. Well, you're I'm, you're part of this. You tell me if you disagree. I mean, like I, I think or we could find like 40 people and do Love Actually. Right. So I don't much. think we're gonna get all that. I don't think that's gonna. I, I literally do not have the uh, the ability to pull that off. Here <laughs> in the pull it off in one, four days and get it all done. I don't think I can pull that off. Would you be Would you be up for it? I'm up for anything, dude. Like I, you I do know that's true. You could have probably said the most outrageous thing, and I'd be like. All right, I'm in. This is like this, a buddy of mine has a shirt that says "Sounds Gay." I'm in. Right, and right, like, and that's it what. Yeah, my I did, favorite shirt. I, by the way, I know it. as a fact, I know that's the way that you operate in your life. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fact. It was that's weird. Do it. it was weird. At the end of the pig roast, Jeremy had left. He came back and he was spooning with me at the end of the night. It was just a very strange. So thing. listen to this because, and and I haven't even talked about this on my show because I I almost wanted to just go away, but um, you know, I'm coaching basketball at Perry Hall High. School, yes, the JV basketball and, team at Perry Hall. So they tagged me in some of their Instagram photos, uh, coaching, you know, for the high school and whatnot. And, you know, I like the, fo- uh, like the photos. It's cool to be a part of all that and, you know, what have you. Well, some of the kids in the school started going through all my Instagram photos. Um, oh, which, no. Oh, if you remember, I did the show no. in the nude. Uh, yeah. And um, I had my Ric Flair outfit. There was a prank that I pulled on a buddy. And so there's, like, all these cute pictures of myself with Mo and, like, all this stuff we were doing last year. But three of my photos end up getting passed around the entire high school oh. where I had to come to work and answer a bunch of questions. And oh. I'm like, guys, I'm a radio host. It oh. was a, it was a damn publicity. Wait, wait, when you say I did, like, do you mean, is there like an HR person that you had to sit down and chat with? I didn't. I talked to the AD who was, okay. uh, I mean, he's a fan of the stage and he knows right. me well. All and right. he's like, look, this is, this is a nothing story, but you know how people are today and oh. the culture that we have. And it's like, oh my God, this guy can't be coaching the team. And. I was like, look, my photo that I did in the nude is me. You don't get to see anything except my creamy thighs. That's it. <laughs> so they are very, very creamy. They are creamy. So. They're quite creamy. That's that's part yeah. of the problem. They are they are they are they are creamier than the my my wife's coffee yeah. in the morning. Frankly, I named them Hidden Valley. Yes, that's that. Creamy they're that creamy. <laughs> All right. So so okay. With that in mind, I know at a point a couple weeks ago you were trying to raise some money for something related to Perry Hall basketball. Did is yeah. that? Is that taken care of, or do you still need some help there? No, it's still going on. So, so what um, if we what if we did this? I I can I, you know what I could say at this point, especially if I can get I was offered a a significant amount of clothes that can be picked up tomorrow. If I can do that, I'm probably covered for helping up mission, right? Like we've raised a ton. I stopped by Jerry's Toyota, Jerry's Chevrolet last night. The, you guys dropped off literally an entire. I I it's gonna take me all day to pull the stuff out of my car that you guys dropped off there. So thank you for that. I could say I'm done with helping up mission. We could do this, and if we said if people would donate $500 to Perry Hall Basketball, 
What and what is this going to? Is this for the what? What? Tell me what this is going to. So this is for the kids at the end of the year. Uh, so a lot of the kids, you know, especially like the seniors, missed out on you know their their junior season. We had sophomores now that missed out on their freshman season, and we wanted to do like a little kind of get together, um, you know, end of the year party for the kids. Take them somewhere and let them experience something as a team. So it's just like fundraising for that, and it's also for like the money we raise will go to new uniforms. And uh, surprisingly enough, Perry Hall, like I, I feel like they need it. Looking at these uniforms, I got a kid that weighs about sixty pounds, and he's wearing a, like adult large shorts, which he has to roll over about seven times. <laughs> all right, all right. So if we can raise five hundred bucks for the Perry Hall basketball program, we do a jingle all the way table read next week. You play Phil Hartman, I play Arnold Schwarzenegger. We find a third person to handle Sinbad. Okay, and I, I'm not opposed to playing multiple roles. Oh, we're, oh we're going to have to play multiple roles for okay. sure. But th- I feel like we're only going to – you and I will only attempt the voices on Arnold and Phil Hartman. You don't want somebody doing a Sinbad voice? I, I think it depends it. on who it is, is the way that I would answer that question. <laughs> Depending oh, on man. who we find to be our third person. So here's what I would say. I think we offer that someone can come in. Like last year, our buddy Mike Gorman wanted to come in and hang out. He donated, and he wanted to do it again this year. Just the date doesn't work for him. Um, uh-huh. So if somebody wants to donate $100 to be part of the table read, we allow them to do that, correct? Okay, I'm, I'm in. that gets us a fifth of the way there. So if you want to donate 100 bucks, you can be the person that comes in and does this silly table read with us. I ha- By the way, I have the script. So well, I'm I'll just going to ask that. Where do, where do we get that? I found it. I was the, I was poking around. I found the script. So it is available. <laughs> Proctor says we should ask Forrester to play Sinbad. <laughs> it's really it's By the way, really I hate bad. the kid Jamie in that movie. Like, well, I hate he's, the, he's very past. hateable, 100%. I'm yeah. with you wholeheartedly. Spoiled little SOB. Got to get your, your turbo time action yeah, figure right. or whatever the hell um, Turbo Man. I, I will start sort of going through and making it more palatable um, to, to pull this off. And it's the dumbest idea. This, this is going to be a disaster. And at some point during this, we're probably going to get exhausted by it and just bail. Like, that's my guess. It is yeah. an entire movie that I'm talking about. At some point, we're going to end up just bailing on it. But we're going to give it our, our God's honest attempt. We're going to give it a real attempt at pulling off a table read of Jingle All the Way on Monday's show. That's a drunken table read. We're still, oh, what if any time one of us screws up, we have to do a shot? Oh, that, that could be awful. Yeah, that could be Because it's real. just going to get worse as it goes on. What if What if every time we screw up, we do a baby shot? Like, what if or, it... Or we just drink. Like, does somebody want to bring in, like, a six-pack or, like, a Yeah, we could do it that way. We're just drinking beer. But I think people enjoy watching us drink gross things. I think that is part of the process. Well, we can drink, like, we can bring in gross things to drink. Like, I don't know if you have something that you hate to drink. For me, Ooh. it would be Hefeweizen. Like, oh, I, I don't. Blue Blue. Oh, you know what? I'm not a Hefeweizen guy in any way. I always it hate. It like a sweaty gym stock. I, I, I don't, don't get it. I'm like, what? There's so much happening here. I don't care. Honestly, I don't care for most pale ales, if I'm being completely honest with you. What if you do something similar to, like, a chandeliers type of thing where each time you screw up, you each pour a different alcohol into a Oh, into and then, a somebody, central then cup somebody's got to drink. Gotta it's gotta it's drink the it. King Cup concept, yeah. right? Like. <sighs> Yuck. Yeah, it's, it's. I'm actually I'm actually hitting the liquor store. I think today in a, in, a, in a little bit to see what I can find. All right, I'd be willing to do that. 
I'd be willing to do that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get drunk. We're gonna do a table read, and every time we screw up, we pour something into this disgusting. And then we're like keeping score. Whoever had the most screw ups has to drink the cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be just alcohol. You can put like pickle juice and tobacco. It's gonna be me. Like I don't. It, it, this is an in sync situation. It's gonna be me. It's gonna. <laughs> go, it's gonna be for a hundred percent. I already know it's gonna be me. Wave bye 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 to your liver. Yes, because also I'm a lightweight now because I barely drink anymore. So I'm gonna get. Hey, let me. In, uh, I'll let you in on a little something. I barely drink anymore either. So oh right, because you're that coaching now. People. That's right. Yeah, I hardly ever drink. Like when I get home, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm home by myself, or you know, sometimes my wife is off work or whatever. But that's that's my normal routine. Is that I work all damn day and I get home, I, I relax and watch sports, but I usually don't sit down and have a beer or anything like that. Uh, if I go out with my friends, I drink. And the last time I I had a drink was two Sundays ago, and before that, it was almost three weeks. So. All right, yep. all right, all right. There's a chance. There's a chance it ends up being Jeremy. So here's this. Is what By we're the doing. way, there's a chance though too at the end that I'm so curious that I actually you try just that choose to anyway. drink the cup anyway. I understand <laughs> that. That's what happened the day that I had to eat all the uh, the bull testicles. I looked at Kyle and I'm like, Kyle, you really not going to eat a bull testicle while they're sitting right here? Like, you're not going to just try it? And he's like, Yeah, you're right. And he went and tried one. Was it bad or oh, was it just surprisingly good? Awful. Just there's just no there's nothing there. I don't. It's just chewy. That's it. It's just you, super chewy. Is it that you can't mentally get past it? It's a test. No, there's just if they tasted good, they would taste good. They just don't. There's nothing. So they taste like a normal test. Exactly right. right. You know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is the plan. I'm gonna start pushing it on social media because if, right. if you guys don't come through, if you guys you know, just say no, that sounds awful to me. I'd rather you just sit around and talk about the Ravens. Then we're gonna bail on it. We need you guys yeah. to come through. We're gonna. We want five hundred bucks to go to Perry Hall, the Perry Hall basketball program, and we will do a drunken table read of Jingle All the Way on Monday show. All right, everybody, good. That's the plan. In. Jeremy, love you. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you, pal. Sounds good, man. Thanks, guys. Jeremy Kahn checking in with us. We're doing a drunken Jingle All the Way table read on Monday show. I wonder what. I wonder what Ottenheimer's doing these days. I, I genuinely don't know is the answer. Like he, I don't know if he'd even be available. I, I want somebody well, to come. It's, it's because he's dead. Correct. He died. And that, you're right. Thank you. That is the correct answer. I would like Paul is uh, away, unfortunately, so he's not available. So I need I need a, a third person I can count on to be a part of this thing. I need somebody that will come through for us. And I get it. Some people actually have to work. That's that's part of the you know. It's why Wendy's not available on Monday. It's the reason why Rita's not available on Monday. People do. Like, the Monday after Christmas, for most people, is not a day off work. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of you, it either is or it can be. You could easily say, it's the Monday after Christmas. I'm not going into the office. I'm not doing that. And if you want to be the person that comes in here, hangs out, gets drunk, and attempts this, it, this is an insane thing. I don't, I don't know why anybody would choose to do this, which is why I think it works. I think it's, it's truly the peak of theater of the absurd. I don't think it can get more absurd than attempting to do a drunken table read of a campy holiday film. I, I, don't, I don't know what else we could do that would be a step beyond that. You I mean, could do a table read of The Room. We could do a table read of <laughs> That is true. We could do that. Tommy was so. We could do the whole bit. I think that people, there have been plenty of those over the years. I'm sure. I've seen, in fact, I, uh, this idea came because I was reminded that a bunch of celebrities got together and did a Space Jam table read. And I was like, during the pandemic, there were a lot of those types of events that were going on. Like, let's do a table read over Zoom and see if people will will donate money to be a part of it. And I, 
I guess I'm just sort of biting that right here, but I just kept trying to think of ideas that would be particularly absurd that people would watch for curiosity reasons. Curiosity of can we pull off a table read drunkenly of Jingle All the Way. That's what we're going to attempt to do on Monday's show. That is the concept for this. But sounds only, like a banger. But only if you guys donate $500. Um, and how are we doing that? I guess I should have asked Jeremy how we're doing that, how I set that up. You got to donate $500. I guess if you just get send it to me, I can give it to Jeremy. I guess we can make it work that way. But we'll, we'll work through that. I'll double-check on that with Jeremy next. We need to donate $500 to Perry Hall Basketball to, uh, to do this on Monday. Today's show... Also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. Of course, we love Underdog. And there are two more football games tonight for you to be playing player props, parlays, uh, traditional fantasy games. You can bet now in the state of Maryland, but you still can't bet on your phone. You can, however, play Underdog Fantasy Football on your phone, and it feels a lot like betting. Underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app right now. And be a part of it when you do, uh, first deposit up to $100. When you use the code PRESSBOX, we will match it with free money for you to play with underdog fantasy football. We will come back in. We'll get a tidbit to be able to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. From all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. 
Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR as we wind down for a Tuesday edition of the program. Today's show uh, also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Programming note for this week. There will not be a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. We will be off on Friday. Um, frankly, I need the day to uh, wrap all the gifts. That's the way it's going to go. Um, so that's we will have no show on Friday. Uh, there will be no bat around, of course, on Saturday. We will have uh, a regular show on Thursday and complete with the Press Box Fantasy Football Show, 11.30 a.m., uh, brought to you by CCBC as well as uh, Glory Days Grill and the Maryland Department of Transportation. So we will get you set for your fantasy football semifinals. My team is utter. So I'm definitely out in two leagues. Let me just confirm that right now. I know for sure that I lost in the quarterfinals. Let me take a look at this. Yes, I am finished. Uh, both teams finished. I lost 126-105 to 105 in this league. Thanks to Ryan Suckup for getting me a gentleman's negative one. <laughs> negative one points from Ryan Suckup this week. And 1.3 from Jamar Chase doomed me in that particular league. Um, so I'm out in the semifinal or in the quarterfinals of that league. In the semifinals of this stupid uh, league that Ken Zalas does, I'm going to lose there, too. He is going to eliminate me. I have uh, currently 72 points, but I only have Jalen Hurts and Gerald Everett left, and he still has Rashad Penny to go. Oh, and Matt Stafford. So, yeah, that ain't happening. I'm going to be out in that one. And the only one where I have a chance is the dumbest thing ever that I have a chance. I'm up 85-61. to 61. My team has sucked. In the um, whatever this is, this is the quarterfinals of the, this league, my team has been god awful, including 2.4 points from Mike Evans, 1.3 points from Jamar Chase, 5.1 points from Alvin Kamara, but somehow I'm still alive because he only got 4.9 from Rob Gronkowski, 4.6 from Najee Harris, and 1.5 from Rashad Bateman. So where we're left, I'm up by 24. He has Van Jefferson and Daryl Henderson. I have uh, Jake Elliott tonight. So it's not even a sure thing. I might go 0 for 3. I might be alive in no leagues by the time I wake up tomorrow. I lost in the first round of the playoffs in, in KZ's league. That means nothing. Um, I, 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 I started Justin Fields on a whim yesterday because I, my, my other quarterback was mm. Derek Carr. And... Mm. Um, he needed to score 100 points. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. He needed to score 103 points for me to you, win. You need to tell me he came up just short of that number? Just, just, just a little short. Just a just little short. short. Um, so the one league where I finished second to last last year and narrowly avoided yeah. getting their, their fantasy initials tattooed on my ass, mm. um, I am now into the semifinals in that. So league. you just did that out of... For fun, though you didn't, you didn't have to. So you just chose to get those initials tattooed on. No, your I ass. didn't. I would have had to. No, but, if but I, you if just I did it anyway for fun because oh, that's what yeah. you like doing. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, correct. I have initials tattooed all over my. Well, maybe body. that's maybe that's what we'll do. The next uh, charity event will be uh, you can see uh, uh, Paul's tattooed ass if you donate a certain <laughs> amount of money. Maybe that maybe 
that'll be what we do the next time. Oh around. man, now I gotta go get a tattoo. Um, but yeah, no. So that's the only league that I'm still alive in. Um, it, luckily, the league that I beat my wife in twice. Ah, yeah. And she was she was Again, a two seed. Two over four I, losses were to he's me. Down two times he's beat his wife. It's just awful. God, we gotta. I can't she's, believe I still employ you. She's a two seed, and her brother is the one seed. Uh, and my brother-in-law is the four seed. So there's an opportunity that somebody in my family is going to win, well, that'd be good. win, win big. That'd so be, I might still be, reap some benefits. That'd be good there. Anyway, we'll do that on Thursday. Then no show Friday, no bad around on Saturday. And then we will have Project Game Day on Sunday. Uh, I'll be with you at halftime. Uh, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, will be with me post-game. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports for both shows. PressBoxOnline.com slash radio for the post-game show. Project Game Day brought to you by Glory Days, Window Nation, and Underdog Fantasy Football. We'll see you for Project Game Day on Sunday. So that's it. Really the only things that you need to know. No Friday show, no no bat around this week. Then everything back to normal. And I'm working on what next week is going to look like. There might be a small change next week as well. Um, there won't be a bat around on January 1st either, and there might not be a show on uh, December 31st. I'm still sort of flushing all of that out. You know, we're supposed to get days off for these holidays. That's why Saturdays are terrible days to have holidays. Just awful. Just a wretched day for a holiday to fall on. So we're working on all that. Normally I take off two days for Christmas, but um, I, like, honest to God, the thought was going to be to take off Monday, but now I'm trying to do this you know, stupid thing with Jeremy on Monday. So we're not doing that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know the way it will work, but we'll figure it all out. Anyway, that's uh, that's what you need to know as far as um, programming is concerned. Tidbit of the day. Brought to you by uh, your Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, you've done a lot of cooking, you're going to be doing more cooking, let Chick-fil-A handle some of it for you. If you're getting people together, a lot of times people do this where like, you got friends in from out of town that you haven't seen and you know, before they get together with their family, you're like, hey, come over on Thursday night. Just make it easy on yourself and make everybody happy. There's so many things you could do. Like, you order a party sub, people are going to be like, oh, great, you got a party sub. Cool. You order Chick-fil-A catering, people are going to say, hell yeah. <sighs> From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. After last night, since his debut in 2014, Derek Carr has now led 28 game-winning drives, which is tied for the most by any quarterback during that span. So he has the most game-winning touchdown drives with 28 since 2014 when he debuted in the NFL. What four other quarterbacks have 22 or more uh, game-winning drives since 2014? I'm going to guess Aaron Rodgers. No. What? I know. Wait, 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 wait. What are the qualifications for this again? 22 or more game-winning drives since 2014. In, but in, in what? In in a time frame? In a... Since 2014. From no, 2014. no, no. I mean, like, during the course of the game. A game... game the game-winning drive. But so, it, so I'm assuming it's the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Yeah, that doesn't make a lick of sense. You also have to think, how many times has Aaron Rodgers I, just been I, up by a lot? While I understand that we're talking about since 2014, that there wouldn't have been 22 of those scenarios in there. seems a, a little, seems overwhelming to me. That seems unlikely, but we'll leave it at that. Tom Brady. No. Yeah, so the scenario where you just say they're never trailing, like, I, they're not never trailing that frequently. Like, they trail... It, it, 
If the answer is like it's in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter or something like that, this might make a little bit more I'm, sense. I'm assuming that it that what what they mean is game winning drive. The last drive of the game wins. That's what I assume a game winning drive means. Where your last drive, the last drive of the game, you take the ball down the field and you score the game winning the game winning score. Okay, I mean I. It's okay. I mean, it might be what it means. I just wish they would say that. I wish that it wouldn't just be no. So, 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 uh, saying no to John Proctor, he said, like, if a team scores first and never loses control, is that the winning drive? No, the last drive, well, the game winning. You dri- just need to. You need to, that needs to be qualified. So by, I'm qualifying that now. Then it's it's a fourth quarter last drive of the game is the game winning drive. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, twenty three. Um. Proctor guessed Lamar. I'm going to no. say it's not Lamar. Kirk Cousins. No. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford tied for first with Derek Carr with 28. Matt Ryan. No. No. You both just guessed Matt Ryan at the same time. Weird. And we get our periods at the same time. It's a very strange thing. <laughs> uh, well, that's a good one, Proctor. Ryan Fitzpatrick. No. Ryan Tannerhill. No. Drew Brees. Drew Brees, 22. <sighs> Since 2014, you say. Mm-hmm. Eli Manning. No. Andrew Luck. No. Andy Dalton. No. Laugh. I don't know what Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, twenty-three. You have one left. We both said that one. Oh no, no, no! no. I, I'm sorry. You, you got them all. That's all four. You got them all. all right. Very good. Very good. How about that? So That's I right. did look up on Stat Muse yesterday, and it, and it confused the crap out of me because it said I was under. I had seen the Derek Carr stat, twenty-eight game-winning drives. And I was like, all right, who has the most game-winning drives since twenty fourteen? And it said Matt Ryan had fifty-nine, and now I'm understanding. He has 59 game-winning drives, but that wasn't necessarily the last game-winning drive. Well, I don't. This needs to be more qualification to what this concept actually means. That's that's just we need we need some sort of more qualification to this. It's it's not you know it's it's a little bit on you. It's a little bit on them. It's somewhere in the middle of that. We just need to know what we're talking about when we say this thing. I think that this was a worthwhile stat of some sort. I think so, but you know. Game-winning drive. I, yeah, right. I I assumed it meant the last drive of the game, and it might very well be that that's what that means. I, it's it's totally possible, totally plausible. All right, uh, Tibbet was also brought to you today by Window Nation. It's cold out. It's December. It's gonna get colder. Energy bills are going to get higher. But Window Nation is here to help. Fifty percent off all style windows and a house of windows. For only $99 a month, call Window Nation today, 866-90-NATION, or visit windownation.com. Totally Tubular brought to you today by Live Casino Hotel. Sports fans, the wait is over. You can do it here in Maryland. You can bet, and the place to do it is at Live Casino and Hotel. As the FanDuel Sportsbook is now open there in Hanover, Maryland, Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Get out to Live Casino and Hotel. Hang out in the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's such an awesome place to go and watch games. Shoot the breeze. Enjoy some delicious food. Highly recommend the Thai chili wings. The uh, cucumber soda water hit me quite well. For those of you that, like me, don't really drink any longer. Um, it's just an awesome place to be. encourage you to get out there and hang out in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Here's coming up tonight. 
Locally, the game we'll get is Washington-Philadelphia. Somewhere else in the country, you'll get Seattle-Los Angeles. Those games are on Fox this evening. Uh, college basketball, who knows? Who knows if these games are actually being played or not, but go to glennclarkradio.com and find out what's actually there. Two bowl games on ESPN, the Idaho Potato Bowl on the Blue Turf, Kent State and Wyoming at 3.30. Then the Frisco Bowl, uh, Texas-San Antonio, who was really good. Actually, this is a really good game. Uh, Texas-San Antonio and San Diego State at 7.30. That's a really good game between two teams that were both really good this season. Uh, TNT, Pacers Heat at 7.30, Suns-Lakers at 10.00. ESPN Plus and Hulu for the Capitals-Flyers matchup at 7 o'clock and the Coyotes and Kraken at 10. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, on NBC at 9, a Saturday, a Saturday Night Live Christmas special. Uh, I, I like that. They, they aired it already. I'm surprised they're airing it again. I wonder what that means didn't happen. They aired it already this holiday season. They did the Thanksgiving special. No, they, did, they literally did it like a week. They, they did a bit where they did Thanksgiving special and they did like... I want to say later that week they did the ho- the holiday special too. And I know because what was weird about it is it was only an hour and a half long. They cut out a half. They normally do two hours, and one of the sketches they cut out, one of my favorite things every holiday, I don't, don't, don't ask me why, it's um, Garrett Morris singing uh, Winter Wonderland with the old cast of SNL. It's just uh, one of my favorite. I, I thought you were going to say the sweaty balls. Thing. That's well, they they didn't cut that one out. That one was still very much a part of it. They cut that out of the hour and a half version. So if tonight's the two hour version of it, that will make me happy because presumably they'll put it that is back a two in. hour version. Well, hopefully that's back in. So on the CW, BB saves Christmas at eight in the greatest holiday commercial countdown, twenty twenty one at nine. Home Alone Home, and Home Alone Two Lost in New York at six and eight thirty on Freeform. The Santa Claus, the Santa Claus Two, and the Santa Claus Three: The Escape Clause at six, eight, and ten on FX, and then. And not Christmas, but uh, uh, Jim Gaffigan's comedy Monster uh, premieres on Netflix. All right. Very good. Thanks today to Stacey Dales from NFL Network. Thanks also to Patrick Stevens. Thanks to Mike Gibbons from the Babe Ruth Museum, as well as to Jordan Mosley, Maryland Safety. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, tomorrow, Drew Forrester will, of course, join us, as he does every Wednesday. Anything else that we have confirmed for tomorrow? Not at the moment. All right. Stuff and things on the program tomorrow. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, the Baltimore Area Chick-fil-A Restaurants, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and my bookie. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great Tuesday evening. Um, no, nobody local. Nobody's, do we care about any of either of the games? No, not really. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.